So we'll talk with uh, weatherman Bill Snyder in just a few minutes here. Bill Snyder, Tom Skilling's weather producer over at Channel 9. We'll get the latest on uh, all that Chwani's been telling us about. You love when we have a below zero morning, don't you? Well, it is you kind seem of to have adventuresome. A little, you have a little gusto in your voice. A little gusto? A little pep in your step. <laughs> a little pep in your yeah, step. It's just, you know, you just, you know, interesting, rather exciting to yeah. keep on top of all the changes and everything. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, a younger man, I used to enjoy uh, standing outside all night covering snowstorms. Yeah. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. It's much better to be inside here. Anymore. Much, much, much better. <laughs> Andy has posted some incredible photos of this. Oh, we had amazing pictures. The steam sunrise. that's coming off of the lake, for, yeah. Uh, yeah. the river, rather. The lake is angry. Even, even the lake. But it's uh, it looks <laughs> like the lake's on fire. It does, doesn't it? Uh, to take a look at the, all the social media. Andy's got those posted up there. We had uh, some uh, some sad news just come in a minute ago uh, about the death of uh, a well known actress, Shawnee. You'll appreciate this, especially Joyce Randolph. Oh my! Who played Trixie on the Honeymooners? How the, old was she? She was ninety nine years old. <sighs> Played Ed Norton's wife, oh, Trixie. According to her son, died at her home in New York. Uh, died in her sleep, suffering from the effects of old age. Yeah, last surviving member of the uh, of the honeymoon. Everybody else is gone there. Sure, oh, long time. Yeah, long time. yeah. So we'll talk uh, more about that coming up later on. Weather is going to be our big story uh, that we're going to deal with today. TMZ reporting this morning that Joyce Randolph, uh, Trixie Norton, husband of Ed Norton on the classic Honeymooners, has died at the age of 99 years old. Shwani, she, I'm glad you're back this week. We missed you both uh, on the show last week. We had a fine time, but... Not the, not the same as when you're not here. And I'll tell you, one of the That's big, because you didn't have anybody to make fun of. I, no, I, I did. Okay. Mark Carmen was here. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there's no shortage of making fun when Carmen's in the building. Uh, but here's what I did miss, having another old person on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. Too many uh, young people around here last week. Because, uh, uh, like, if this Joyce Randolph story would have fallen on deaf ears... If it was all, you know, the kids running around. You know, I've told a number of people your story about how you were talking to a younger person at the TV station who did not know who Jackie Gleason was. Right. Yeah. Right. I've told a number of people. That. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, but this uh, Joyce Randolph was an actress in New York. She had done a Clorets commercial. Yeah, who remembers Clorets? Well, you and I do. Yes, we do. You and I do. It was a breath mint, right? Breath mint, hmm? Yeah. Before certs. <laughs> before certs. Remember certs? Before Tic Tacs. I remember certs. And be Tic Tacs. Yeah. Uh, she was doing a commercial. She was seen on that commercial by Jackie Gleason. And he said, I want that dame. And she was, he would say that. He, it, well, yeah. he probably said worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, then she became Trixie. She played Trixie on The Honeymooners from 1955 until they stopped doing the production. She, she didn't uh, do some of the revivals. But uh, she was on the show for its entirety uh, as uh, the upstairs neighbor, girlfriend of... Uh, 
of uh, Audrey Meadows's Alice Cramden. They were, yeah, yeah, best friends. Best of friends. You want to talk about quintessential 50s and 60s women on television. They were housewives. They were housewives. All they did was cook, cook and clean. Cook and clean. You know, once in a while you saw them... You know, trying to find um, uh, Ralph and Ed at the bowling alley. Right. But um, right. other than that, yeah, they were inside. Yeah, it's uh, she. She had a, a difficult role. She has said in interviews through the years that Jackie Gleason was not the easiest person to work for. <laughs> Can only imagine. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'd heard that also. Yeah. That, um, but uh, you know, basically, she'd come in and go, "Oh, Alice." <laughs> Uh, you know, and then Alice would go into a monologue. Have well, you I seen just, Ed? I just don't know what I'm going to do with my Ed. <laughs> I haven't seen Ed. Yeah. Is any of this ringing uh, a bell for you, Andy, at all? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen episodes of the Honeymooners. Honeymooners yeah, are, I've seen them in reruns. And, yeah, they're classic. Yeah. They're classic. But uh, she uh, she was 99 years old. She uh, lived in New York She after the Honeymooners. She did a little bit of Broadway, but really not, not really that much uh, professionally after the honeymoon. She did a couple of movies, but uh, yeah, she passed away, and uh, her memory will live on in TV reruns uh, forever. Yeah, that's. I had thought you know she might have been gone with the rest of the uh, the main cast there, but uh, wow, yep, yep. last one standing, ninety nine, last, last one standing. Um, what else? Uh, I was watching the uh, Creative Arts Emmy Awards last night, and Carol Burnett won an award for that uh, TV special that they put on for her. And she came up on stage, a little bit frail, kind of broke my heart a little bit. Well, to, she's over 90 now. She's over 90 years old. She, Carol, Carol Burnett's over 90. That's amazing to me. Yeah. She looked a little on the frail side with the uh, special tribute they had for her birthday. I think Julie Andrews hosted yeah. that. Yeah, but, but that, was, that was hey. the special that won the Emmy Award mm-hmm. for Best TV Special of the yep. Year. Yep. You know, we should have a like a decoder ring on the show. <laughs> when we, when we talk, talk about, about old things, all these old shows, we talk about all these old things and all the youngsters can get as if their, they were on last week. <laughs> they can get their Ovaltine decoder rings and figure out what the hell we're talking about. And maybe a prize in Cracker Jack. <laughs> Candy coated no, popcorn, those are, those peanuts remember, and a prize. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get in Cracker Jack. Yeah. Spent the early part of my life eating Cracker Jack, hoping for a decent prize. Did you get anything? No, it was always junk. Magnifying glass. Something, not even that. Tattoo, the little uh, sticker tattoo yeah, things. stupid tattoos. Yeah. You, you know what I hated were those little, um, I don't know what you call them. They're, they're, there's like a, a little plastic enclosure and a little a ball inside. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you wiggle it around trying to get the ball in the, like the divot. Yep. That was in the stupid game. Oh, that was yes. Bad. Right. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> it's like, can you put any less thought into this? Yeah. Not to mention all the cavities that I'm sure I got from eating all that Cracker Jack. Candy-coated popcorn. Peanut, Peanuts and a prize. And a prize. <laughs> get, out, get out your decoder rings. <laughs> <laughs> 
to figure out what we're talking about. Oh, wow. You want to talk about ice cream today? Or I, want to talk no. about, I want to talk about ice. That that I do want to talk about because uh, we've got plenty of it, Trani, you, as you've been reporting. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that for the transition of the morning? Yeah, plenty of ice, and it isn't going away, as no, Bill will tell you. Bill Snyder, Tom, Snyder, uh, Tom Skilling, Tom Snyder, what? <laughs> Tom Skilling's, <laughs> Tom Skilling's uh, producer <laughs> over at WGN Television. Bill, are you sure you want to join us? We're, uh, we're, we're, we're going on icicle fumes here this morning. How are you, pal? I, I think the weather's kind of gotten to all our brains a little bit, Dean. What do you think? <laughs> I think you you may be 100% correct on that. So, yeah, yeah. So how much? Wow. We, we had the snow. We had the slush. Yep. Uh, we yep. had all of that mess. And the temperature right. plummeted yesterday like crazy. Well, uh, right. What can we expect now for today and, and the next few days? Well, I'll tell you, Dean, this is this is quite a blast of cold air. I mean, we, we're, we're used to, you know, cold air masses in winter in Chicago, but... Uh, this is the likes that we don't see every year. And as a matter of fact, um, we're currently sitting at minus 10 at O'Hare Field right now. Wind chill of minus 32, which is a dangerous breed of cold. Uh, some other temperatures, Dean, across the area right now. Bartlett, minus 12. Aurora, minus 13. DeKalb, minus 14. Morris, minus 12. Valparaiso, minus 9. Wind chills, I'm, I've looked across the network here, are as cold as minus 39 in Aurora, minus 39 in DeKalb. So, I mean, this is a this is a dangerous breed of cold. As a matter of fact, this, uh, Dean, we haven't had temperatures this cold in about five years since the um, dreaded polar vortex back in on January 30th of 2019 when we had a bone-chilling high of 10 below and we had a, a low that morning of minus 23. So, this, this is mean stuff, and, and we're not alone in it, Dean. We have, uh, there's 21 states across the country that extend all the way out to the uh, the Rockies and uh, um, northern plains from there and, and points east all the way to uh, sections of Pennsylvania. So 21 states that are under some form of wind chill advisory or wind chill warning. And as a matter of fact, our area is currently under a wind chill warning, and a wind chill warning is issued criteria-wise when the wind chills get down to minus 30, and that's we're certainly in that territory right now. So the wind chill warning will continue until about noon tomorrow, and when the wind chill warning expires, that doesn't mean, oh, everything's going to be great. Um, that will then be replaced by a wind chill advisory, and the wind chill advisory kicks in at noon tomorrow, and that will continue up until about 9 a.m. on Wednesday. So it's it's conceivable. The wind chills dropped below zero, Dean, yesterday late afternoon, and we may not have a wind chill factor that gets above zero, and, and that won't be uniform. That'll be just only across parts of the area. But that won't occur until probably sometime around six, seven, eight o'clock Wednesday evening. Oh, so wow. this is this is this this cold spell has some staying power. And you know, it's it's uh, it's worth noting that you know if you have to go out or if you have to spend any you know people some you know have to walk to the bus or the train and so forth, and they don't they're not outside. But you want to make sure that you have every bit of exposed skin covered because in this type of this breed of cold, you can frostbite can occur in as little as ten minutes in these temperatures. So um, it's very, very dangerous. And, uh, you know, it's it's not unusual because, the, you know, as you mentioned, we had the snow, we had the slush, we had the slop. Well, you know, the snow cover, which wasn't very prevalent here much of uh, December and even into early January, it extends from, you know, as far south as central Illinois, and it goes all the way north into Canada and, north, you know, northwest territory. And, you know, snow cover is high, has a high albedo. It's highly reflective. 
so that 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 allows this this Arctic Express to just flow in here un, unabated, and that's that's what's happened. You know, it's typical. A lot of times in our you know classic winter patterns, you get you get a snowstorm, and then you know then you get a blast of cold that comes in behind it, and the two kind of you know go hand in hand with one another. How does this compare to what we might consider to be a normal Chicago winter? As you said, it's been so mild. I mean, I think we're so spoiled this year because of the oh, very, we are. very yeah, mild and, weather. And, and, but are are we are we uh, you know now are we sort of back to normal or is it even worse than what it might normally oh yeah no this is this is this is even you know i mean you know i would say that you know mother nature's kind of evening out the scorecard so to speak it's this is this is that other shoe that we were waiting to drop and uh you know we had it's interesting to note dean you know as you mentioned about how mild it was from the start of meteorological or climatological winter december 1st up through um yesterday you know that it was the third warmest start to winter here on record, and that goes back 153 years to 1871. So, um, you know, that's what makes this cold spell that we're in the midst of right now, or we're just getting into, even that much more uh, uh, pervasive because we're just we're just not accustomed to that kind of cold. We haven't had any cold, and uh, so it, it stings even more so than it would in a normal winter otherwise. So. Um, yeah, it is. It is unusual. Uh, we do get cold, obviously, but uh, you know, it's not every year that you see temperatures get down this low. I mean, ten below zero is is not 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 that typical in every winter. I mean, you get we typically get about a handful of uh, of days each winter where the temperature drops below zero, and um, we're certainly going to be below zero each and every day through uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah, and I guess we're not alone with all of this. We've heard. Uh, the, nope. the reports that uh, the Iowa caucuses are going to be yep. affected by uh, severe uh, weather. Uh, we had the, right. uh, what was it, the Buffalo Bills, uh, is it Steelers game? that was Playoff game, right, got the, moved, that got was moved because postponed? of lake effects, no. Yeah, that, in Buffalo, right? Right, right, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's classic. And, and, you know, that's another factor too, Dean, because, you know, those areas, and certainly Lake Erie uh, is being one of them, but... Uh, the, the lack of cold weather this winter, and now that we're getting it, um, there's very little ice on the lakes, very little ice. So that 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 allows the lake effect snow machine to kick on very easily when you don't have any uh, ice, you know, involved. So it's, yeah. that's that's another another factor that, in, is, in other parts of the country. Is that going to be an issue for us too? Because as I look out the window, no. I'm not seeing very much ice out there. But Bill, you know what? I got to text you some pictures that we took. Uh, there is yeah. steam coming off the river and the yep. lake that we yep. can see yep. that is stunning. Right. It's absolutely stunning right. to see it. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. And that's 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 something that happens usually every winter when you get that first blast of cold air and you have such a such a huge temperature contrast from, you know, what's going on above you and then what's uh, compared to the temperature, you know, of the lake or the river. And, you know, going into this, Lake Michigan water temperature was, was hovering near 40 degrees. So, You've got a, you've got a, probably a fifty to sixty degree difference between oh. the air temperature and the water temperature. So that's that's what's uh, what's causing this so called steam effect that's that's occurring off the lake and, and the river. I got to send you this picture. So uh, when you guys yeah. when you guys oh, yeah. show those weather pictures, you can go. Yeah, our right, buddy, hey, right. Our, hey, our buddy Dean Richards sent this picture in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. You know, I know. You know. Except it, I know it, he's not going to be there. And I, I, I no. He is somewhere. He's probably on a beach right now, isn't he? Uh, he is, and you know, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it convenient that that uh, Skilling knows when to get out of town? Yeah. Because sure enough, it always he, happens. Uh, he, 
It, it does. Yeah, either either we get blasted with cold or we get a major storm when he's gone. Exactly. So here we here we are. Here we are shivering to death, right? <laughs> yeah, once again, you see if you see Tom at the airport, hunker down. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, right? When, right. When Tom when Tom goes on vacation, which is uh, what he, right, what he's right, doing exactly. right now. Oh yeah. So, uh we're expecting this now for the next few days. Um Right. Any uh when when do you think we're going to get some relief and is it going to go back to being mild again or or are we going to be stuck yeah, in a cold so pattern that's, for a it's, while? Yeah, so interesting. It's in, no, it's interesting that you say that, Dean, because yeah, see this this cold spell is just is a is a brief interruption and again in what's otherwise been an extremely mild winter, we have a strong El Nino in place and that is still ongoing. And this cold spell is, believe it or not, is related to a pool of warmth aloft, relative warmth, I should say, put that in quotations, but relatively warm air aloft over Greenland. And what's happened is that has forced the jet stream to buckle across North America and and sent the uh, lobe of Arctic air down here. So that's, you know, the two things tie hand in hand together. And the interesting thing is, is that we'll get some modest improvement you know it won't be it's still going to be cold but it won't be quite as brutal by the time we get towards wednesday thursday where we may see temperatures warm up to the upper teens you know compared to uh, double digits below zero and uh, we might bring another little snow system in here on thursday i don't think it's going to be a huge deal but with temperatures being this cold you know that could certainly cause some slick spots it doesn't take a lot of snow to cause some you know issues on our roadways when uh when it's this cold and road chemicals just don't respond as well as they do when temperatures are near freezing so we'll 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 get a little blast of cold that comes in behind that snow like you know towards friday so we may drop back down again to uh high of about 11 degrees or 12 degrees but the good news is and as you as you were asking about is there any improvement there is improvement and it looks like about oh a week from today, week from tomorrow, um, we get back into a westerly El Nino type pattern where the jet stream bring, you know flows off the mild Pacific Ocean, and uh, that that brings mild air uh, you know across the country. So I would think that by the time we get towards you know a week from tomorrow, temperatures could be back above freezing into the upper 30s, and, and not inconceivable we get close to 40 degrees. So that's that's something to look forward to, but boy, we got some cold cold days to get through before that happens. When you said, uh, are, when are we going to get the relief? I thought you were going to say on the 4th of July. Uh, you know, which... <laughs> no, no, it, it, it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad, okay. yeah. Well, Thursday, Thursday's not so bad. Uh, Bill Snyder is, uh, right. as, as people are now calling you on our text line, Bill the Weather Guy. I like that for a, a little moniker for you. Bill the Weather Guy, Bill Snyder, right. Tom Skilling's weather producer over at uh, WGA. One of the most knowledgeable and nicest people that I know. Appreciate the update, Bill, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, pal. Sounds good, Dean. Always good to talk to you. Everybody stay safe out there. We're not even close to the coldest day ever in the history of the city of Chicago. No, no. Do you know what that is? The coldest day? Yeah. Oh, it was back around 1983 or 84? 85. 85. January 20th, 1985, to be exact. Okay. Temperature went down to actual temperature now. Minus Some, 20. 20 below or something like that. Yeah. 27 degrees below zero. Wow. The wind chill index that day, 93 degrees below This is January 20th of 85? Yeah. Okay. I remember that day. I do too. Because I had frost on the uh, electrical switches on exterior walls in my apartment at mm. the time. 
I had, I had actual snow uh, inside my frost growing on the inside of my house (laughs) growing on the inside of your house whatever it's good though it killed all the roaches so so that was good well we had you know we had a cold uh cold spell around christmas of uh last uh 2022 and then it was rather mild for the rest of the winter last year so we're kind of due for this Well, we'll see Hey, let's go to the boat show after the I'd love show, to. show today. I'd love to. <laughs> let's go to, you know what I would love? I'd love walking across the McCormick Place uh, parking lot right oh, now. Oh, right about now? <laughs> My bald head would love that. <laughs> 9.38, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. The warm spot in your heart today. You never Please be very, very careful. It is dangerously cold outside. Keep you posted with all the latest weather info on that throughout uh, the program this morning. We wanted to touch on some other things, medical as well, as we always do in this segment. And it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Dr. Robert Murphy, professor of infectious diseases, Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine. Dr. Murphy, how have you been, my friend? Nice to nice uh, to talk I've to you. I've been trying to stay warm. <laughs> now, did I hear that you are in some exotic location talking to us this morning? Um, if you consider Paris, France, exotic location, yes. I consider Paris, France, a pretty exotic location. <laughs> That's okay. very cool. Are you uh, vacationing? Are you on a conference or something? Uh, no, I'm working. Uh, I'm working from here because I'm traveling to several other uh, places in Europe and uh, in Africa oh, wow. uh, over the next couple of weeks. So I'm I'm working out of Paris. Very, very interesting. What's the weather like in Paris this today? It's very cold. I mean, cold uh, in Paris is 30 degrees. It very it really rarely gets below freezing. So the people here can't handle it. <laughs> I said, you got to come to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I was in yeah. Paris. I was in Paris once during a, a very bad snowstorm there. I was there doing some really? interviews. Well, that's unusual. And there was uh, a pretty pretty hefty snowstorm. And, you know, mm-hmm. naturally all of Paris uh, shut down because, as you say, they're just not used to it. And yeah. uh, I, I went for a walk on the Champs-Élysées, and it was one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful things I had ever seen, seeing the Arc de Triomphe. And the snow coming mm-hmm. down, and it was just uh, absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, hopefully, you'll you'll get a minute or two to uh, enjoy that while you're working there. Um, I wanted to. Yes, I, just, I just wanted to talk about the cold weather for a minute. I know this isn't necessarily your specialty, mm-hmm. but what kind of precautions should people be taking uh, in this super cold weather? Well, it, it's not so much the cold weather that uh, causes the problem. It's that the, the way people are gathering, and uh, that's how it's really spreading. The temperature actually doesn't make too much difference. Okay. But it's, you know, people, you know, gathering together in closed spaces uh, without uh, a lot of ventilation because it's so cold outside. Uh, that's really what's uh, spreading everything around. That's the danger, the huddling uh, uh, in in this uh, kind of weather. Okay. Well, that's -hmm. that's something to to think about. Hopefully people uh, with this extreme cold that we've got the next few days won't want to won't want to be huddling but keep moving outside and <laughs> keep mm-hmm. trying to find <laughs> someplace warm is rsv our biggest concern right now it seems like over the last couple of weeks i've heard of so well, many people 
being hospitalized with RSV. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. Well, there are three big respiratory illnesses, and about 50% of all the cases, people who are sick with a respiratory illness now, have either COVID, RSV, or the flu. Um, And RSV is just one of them, and it's a very deadly and potentially deadly infection. Now, what's the difference uh, between RSV and, uh, you know, just what you might consider a, I don't know if there is such a thing as a regular respiratory uh, virus. Uh, is is yeah, R- RSV more, more severe? Inf- like, oh, much more severe. Flu, RSV, and COVID are very severe. The other respiratory infections are relatively mild and are not going to potentially kill somebody. So uh, this year, uh, we've got a big increase right now in 38 of the American states. Uh, with these respiratory illnesses, which is uh, no big surprise. we are. This is the respiratory season, uh, respiratory illness season. So, you know, December, January, and February are is the typical peak, and we're right smack dab in the middle of it. So how does one know if you have RSV? Well, it's a diagnosable condition, and um, you can, right now, the diagnosis would be made at a clinic, or hospital, um, there's no over-the-counter test for RSV yet, although there are for the flu and for COVID. Uh, but by the end of this year, it's expected. You know, I don't know if you, if you or the viewers have gone and, uh, uh, to a pharmacy and got a COVID test kit. Well, you know, by the end of this year, you, the test kits will include both flu and RSV, oh. all in the same kit. Oh. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's a, a huge advance. So you'll know, because those are the three deadly ones. So uh, what kind of symptoms might you be presenting if uh, you are possibly facing RSV, different from, uh, you know, other respiratory uh, illnesses? The problem is, no. Uh, the only difference is in severity. So, but all, you know, cough, fever, sniffles, you know, sore throat, all, you know, aches, pains, shortness of breath, you know, this is, they're all the same. They all present the same. Difficulty breathing if you have RSV? Well, if you get pneumonia, uh, that's the big fear. You know, that you're not going to die or end up in the hospital with, you know, uh, if you just have an upper respiratory infection, in other words, just like in your nose and throat. But if it gets done in the lungs and you get pneumonia, that's potentially lethal. All right. So uh, don't uh, don't put off if you feel like you may be having some symptoms. Uh, not a bad idea to uh, get it checked out. Uh, not right. not not don't don't be a big shot. Oh, I can just I can muscle through this. I, you know, be you know, err on the side of uh, caution with this. And of course, the vaccine. The vaccine is uh, mm-hmm. readily available uh, for you. Once you get vaccinated, is there a certain amount of time until you are then uh, immune? Hello, are, are you with us, doctor? Can you hear us? Hello, doctor. Can you hear us? He cannot hear us. All right. So, well, he's in Paris, France. You know how those Frenchies are constantly trying to block our radio programs. <laughs> Let me take a break, and we'll see if we can reconnect with Monsieur Dr. Robert Murphy. Coming up next, 948. And 
And this is Dean Richards Sunday morning, the antifreeze version of the program today. With Dr. Robert Murphy on the line with us from Paris, France. Uh, he is the professor of infectious diseases, Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine. Glad you're back on the line with us. Uh, I was just asking about the the vaccines and how soon mm-hmm. from the time that you get the poke uh, are you uh, covered by that vaccine when it comes to RSV? Does it take a, a few days, a couple of weeks? Um, it, pretty much all the vaccines take about a week or two to really kick in, um, you know, full speed. Um, but with every day uh, that, you know, the number of people that are protected increases. But uh, give it a week or two before it really uh, uh, should be working uh, at full speed. Okay. What about uh, COVID numbers? Those have also been on the rise. Uh, is, oh, yeah. is, is that also because we're, uh, we're inside more, we're closer to one another? You barely see anybody wearing masks anymore. Uh, I mean, I would think all of those things probably are playing into yeah. that. Yeah, everything is playing into that. Uh, but what, what has happened is uh, many states have reimposed mask mandates, at least in the hospital area. So uh, in the patient care areas, we never stopped wearing masks. But now all parts of the hospital, you have to have a mask when you come in. Now That just makes sense. And that should probably be the way it is every respiratory season, because this is not the first time this has happened. But the COVID numbers are way up, too. Yeah. So, you know, people who think that we are in the clear right now or that you've had a vaccine and therefore you are immune uh, that's that's not the case, right? When it comes to these vaccines, it doesn't give you immunity from COVID, right? Well, it, uh, if you've had the vaccines, you're very likely to get seriously ill. The hospitalization rate and mortality rate, the death rate uh, are considerably lower. And the other thing with COVID and with flu, there's treatment. There, there's Paxlovid is the treatment for uh, most of the COVID infections and Tamiflu for the flu. You can actually treat a person. So if you make the diagnosis, you know, go get the treatment. The treatment works over 90% of the time, yeah. and it doesn't matter whether you have the vaccine or not. Okay. What about other uh, cold weather things? Uh, what, what other precautions should we be taking? Obviously, we've been talking about how quickly you can get frostbite in this weather. Uh, you know, nobody wants to, you know, get sick during this weather. What are the general precautions that we should be taking for for cold weather? Well, the only thing that is really going to help, other than keeping up with your vaccine, and there is a vaccine for RSV, and there's a treatment for young kids under eight months of age, uh, and monoclonal antibody therapy that's given for preventing things. Uh, Other than keeping up with that, the best thing to do is to get people who are sick out of the system. They should be staying home. You see somebody now, you know, coughing on a bus or, you know, in an office or some room someplace. This is not a good thing to, to have because that's how this thing is spread. Now, just in in terms of general health uh, in the cold weather, not even RSV or COVID related. Mm-hmm. What are what are the kinds of precautions? Obviously, we should keep warm, stay out of stay out of cold, mm-hmm. right? What what are the, yeah, you know I, the other kinds? I was I was joking on Facebook the other day. Uh, the uh, the January twelfth would have been my mother's one hundred and first birthday. That was wow. the de- that was the day of the storm, and I said if she were still with us today, she would have called me ten times to tell me to make sure that I wear a hat so I don't get a cold. <laughs> 
that's uh, that's a, you know. Is that good sound? Advice. Is good sound medical advice? Yeah. Did this little Greek woman yeah, know what she was good. talking about? Yes, she did, and he should he should listen to her. <laughs> of course. Oh, I learned that through the years. <laughs> uh-huh. But I, I mean, it, it, but it's just common sense. It's just common sense. Layer your clothing. Wear a good hat. Have gloves. Um, if you have to be outside in this kind of weather, because the cold can kill you too. The uh, the the you mean from frostbite or, or exposure to the cold? Yeah, exposure. Mm-hmm. Can uh, can can being exposed to the cold give you a virus? No. Does it make you more sus- the, the susceptible itself, to, to a virus? No. No. Mm-mm. Actually, it's a big misnomer. It's just the way we behave in the cold. Uh, we're indoors more, and we're cl- actually physically closer to other people. Mm. And people going to work and going socializing and stuff who are not feeling well. Um, that really has to stop. The other thing is during these uh, this season, December through February, um, you know, the hospitals are, like I said before, mandating masks again in the hospital area. But what, why shouldn't this be other areas where people congregate? Um, it's uh, simple enough. We went through the whole COVID pandemic and did it, and everybody sort of survived. Um, but it's just for periods when people are close together indoors. Okay, that makes sense. I've had uh, an ongoing dispute with Anna Belleval on our uh, TV morning oh, yeah. show. You know, she mm-hmm. uh, she you know she comes from Puerto Rico. She comes you know from an island where you mm-hmm. know a freezing temperature to them is sixty degrees. So mm-hmm. so so when we get a blast of cold weather here, she is covered from head to toe. You can't even see her face. She covers herself. To, you know, to make sure, because she says that I could get pneumonia if uh, if any part of my skin gets cold. And I, I've told her, I, you don't get uh, viruses from being we'll cold. <laughs> you have to you have to get a virus from somebody else who has a virus, not from being in the right. cold. And she says, you know, well, she goes back to what her mother told her, you know, all these things, all these things that we learn from mm-hmm. our parents. Uh, that uh, that that can happen, but uh, I have science on my side. Apparently, yeah, you have the science on your side. The other thing you that know, uh, the funny thing is, like with COVID, which is so uh, contagious, you know, there's we have big outbreaks in the summer. So you know how do, how does that fit in uh, in the summertime though, especially in the southern part in the warmer parts of the United States, people are indoors also because it's so hot out. They you can't be outside. So I don't know if you remember, we've had, you know, the original Delta wave was in August. And, uh, you know, there's typically the end of the summer as kids go back to school, another mini COVID wave, too. Yeah, uh, those those are the things that we need to be careful of. Another thing that Mm -hmm. Anna and I have been battling about ever since I've known her, which is like 15 (laughs) years or something now, is uh, the medical value of Vicks VapoRub which uh, mm-hmm. both of our parents uh, subscribe to it as the miracle cure for everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, is there, uh, outside of some cooling relief, is there actually any uh, medicinal benefit to slathering a person in Vicks VapoRub? Uh, you, the person may feel better, 
Um, but as far as any kind of real effect, no. So you've got you need a, an antiviral drug to actually uh, work against the virus. And like for COVID and for flu, we have antiviral drugs. Yeah. All right. Well. Or but the best thing is to for to prevent. It. Like for RSV, um, there's a vaccine was introduced right. several months ago yep. for people 60 and over. Um, and also, interesting, for women in the, um, uh, during pregnancy, uh, it was also approved for them. It's between week 32 and week 36 of pregnancy, the RSV vaccine is approved because if you give the vaccine to the pregnant woman at that time, the baby is protected from RSV. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting, huh? I don't think I've ever heard that uh, side note. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was just approved. On, on... Um, and uh, because the kids, uh, 58 to 80,000 infants, you know, um, young children under eight months, uh, get uh, um, hospitalized per year from RSV. So for, you know, pediatric units are not, not too big anymore. Kids are generally healthy. They're taken care of as outpatients, but it's one of the big things that lands them in the hospital. Um, it a result, this RSV results for 2.1 million outpatient visits per year in wow. kids under five wow. and one to 300 deaths. So uh, they've got that treatment, that monoclonal antibody. It's one injection uh, they take, and, um, and they're protected. Uh, it was so popular. Uh, and this is the first year it's been out. It's called Bay Fortis. It was so, uh, so popular they ran out. Wow. Well, that's yeah. that is uh, that that part is uh, news to me. So you know, t- take the necessary precautions. Take, as you say, common sense uh, precautions mm-hmm. uh, will certainly mm-hmm. help you with this. Be up to date on your mm-hmm. vaccines, and check with your own physician to you know to see if there's anything special exactly. you should be doing uh, with regard to your own particular medical condition. Doctor Murphy, it's a mm-hmm. pleasure to have you back on the show again. I really appreciate you taking some uh, time all the way from Paris, France, to join us today. <laughs> I hope uh, you find time to have a wonderful croissant or two uh, while, you're, while you're there at your uh, conferences today. Dr. Robert Murphy, Professor of Infectious Diseases, Northwestern University, Feinberg School of Medicine. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, and we all continue here. Uh, Shwani will give us a cold weather update give us all the latest on the, the weather how it's affecting traffic we've got uh, lots of things related to the cold to tell you about we'll update all of that in uh, just a couple of minutes and Shwani, i'll bet you thought i forgot about the far-flung forecast i just thought you were, we were uh, not mode. paying any attention no to me we were just in weather mode we were in weather mode well right? is the far-flung forecast not weather mode um uh, just saying just saying yeah i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no it's not (laughs) it's more entertainment i'm gonna say i'm gonna say if people are trying to figure out what to do when they go outside the far-flung forecast is not first thing on their mind especially where we're going to go today all right well we're gonna do that right after we update news all right a postponed far-flung forecast coming up in just a, a moment or two you want to tease us with what we might be getting we're going way up north and about as far north as you can get in the u.s and no it's not international falls minnesota i smell a weather related far-flung forecast. oh yeah with weather like today that's hitting the nation yes yes we'll leave it to our uh, very fine listeners 
to come up with the bright side to the freezing weather. Uh, of course. A text poured in. <laughs> poured in. I love the way you put that. It's just, <laughs> They have a lot of texts. Just to, poured for some in. Reason. You know, everyone's stuck inside today. They have nothing better to do than text us, <laughs> which is, you're, you're more than welcome. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Stupider the better is my motto on the text line. <laughs> Uh, and not that this is. Did stupid. you hear from Tom Snyder by any chance? I, not, I believe Mr. Snyder is untextable. I think so. Uh, but the two one nine. Oh, this is your old stomping grounds. Two one nine. Yeah. The, the two one nine. Uh, good morning, Dean. One of the very good things about this freezing weather is that fleas and ticks uh, will not survive. This below zero. That's what? very true. Below Neither will zero. mosquitoes. Well, weather. The mosquitoes won't either. But. Uh, you know, thank goodness, because I don't know if a lot of people know this before every Sunday show, we check each other for fleas and ticks <laughs> and we seem to be okay. And now I guess we don't have to. So any of you who have kids probably know this song by heart. It's one of the songs from the frozen soundtrack. I'm sure that your kids have watched at home uh, 572 times over and over in one afternoon. Uh, this, <laughs> this song called Frozen Heart just seemed to fit uh, for this morning. Uh, also this morning, sad news if you're a fan of the TV show The Honeymooners. The final surviving cast member of that show, Joyce Randolph, who played Trixie Norton, Ed Norton's uh, hu- uh, wife, and Alice Cramden's best friend, Trixie, uh, Joyce Randolph, passes away this morning at the age of 99. We'll have more on that coming up in uh, just a little while. Uh, we've got a good uh, text here, Schwani. This is this one I think maybe you can answer uh, that comes to us from the 630 area code. Uh, how come all the children who do weather reports, ooh, that's biting. How come all the children who do weather reports say it's minus 10 as opposed to saying it's 10 below zero? Well, you can say it either way. Minus 10 designates uh, that it's below zero. And, of course, plus 10 would indicate that it's above zero. Yeah. Uh, but but mi- from this day forward, we'll say it's below. 10 below. Yeah. Is there a difference, really? There's no Not difference. really. No, there's no difference. It's just in the phraseology, that's all. You know what my weather pet peeve is? When I hear somebody say that it's zero degrees. Oh, yeah, right. Zero is not a number. Zero is not a number. It's the, the, reading would be, the reading would be zero on the thermometer. But since there is no numeric value to zero, it can't be zero degrees because there, there's nothing there. Now, are we going to get into... This is how little I have to think are, of. Are we going things. to get into trigonometry a little later on in the show? Don't know here. much about history. <laughs> Don't know much. By all. Isn't trigonometry in that song, too? Wait. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Don't know much trigonometry. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I do know that I love you. What a wonderful world this would be. You know what a pet peeve. This is something that Kevin Wells could not do last week. (laughs) As many times as I tried to lead him into a 60s song. (laughs) You know, um, these young young children. (laughs) I am about about to uh, commit something that was, I was told, very early in my broadcast career that was a no-no. Oh, you're going to break some rule? I'm I'm going to um, do an annoyance. I'll just put an annoyance here. Uh, The time. time. I love this because now 
I'm not the only one who finds you annoying. <laughs> <laughs> the time is 10.14 a.m. this morning. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the whole a.m. p.m. thing drives me nuts. <laughs> if you are saying 10.14 in the morning, you don't need to say a.m. I know. I know. But you hear it. But you, you hear do. it all the time. You do hear it. Yep. Hey, you young I'm. I think we should do 24-hour time. Uh, and, well, it's not going to matter Are on this program. Me? People we should go to the, the 24-hour clock. Yes, because 1 p.m. would be 13. Yeah. 2 p.m. would be 14. Yeah. And on on down. That's military time, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. let's make it tougher on everybody. <laughs> Who can't add or subtract 12 from whatever time you say. Hey, it's 17.04. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Four minutes after 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another. That's one of my. T- that's one of my. That under- would be five oh four. That's a, a DJ time pet peeve of mine. Oh yeah. When they repeat, like you're stupid enough that you didn't, you can't figure it out. If you go, it's five ten. Ten minutes after five. Yeah. <laughs> on the old to, clock on the wall, you have to repeat it both ways. The old clock on the wall. Hey, it's five fifty. Yeah. Ten minutes until six o'clock. <laughs> you mean ten minutes on the upswing of eighteen? <laughs> on the upswing. Yeah. <laughs> It's just before 10, 16, 16 oh. minutes after 10 on this Sunday morning. No wonder people hate DJ so much. <laughs> and this is all we wanted to do when we were growing up. Yeah. Be on the radio. Let's do an hour of just annoying things. We can think of a number of oh, things. We so do, can take an hour. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we do the that every show. <laughs> we do, That's the whole show. I can't speak for you two, but I've made a career out of doing annoying things. <laughs> Hey, speaking of annoying things, it's time once again for your far-flung forecast. You're better late than never, far-flung forecast, because we had a special guest on during its regularly scheduled time. So, Shwani, you got preempted. Usually, I'm the one getting preempted. This week, you got preempted for uh, a weather uh, uh, update from Bill Snyder. And very appropriately so. Well, it was important it. information. Yeah. But uh, is there anything more important, really, than our compendium of fascinating facts and figures compiled to us each week by, hey, it's 17 minutes after 10 o'clock, everyone. 10-17. 10-17. Here's Dave Schwann. Well, thank you very much. Good to be back, by the way. And folks, get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices, because we are going as far north and uh, pretty far west as well, uh, right to the U.S.-Canadian border to Sweetgrass, Montana. Oh, I love the name of that town. Sweetgrass, Montana. All right. Has a population of 65 and when we say it is on the border, we're not kidding. Because it could be the name it is. of a tea. Doesn't that sound like the, the like a sweet be an, grass tea, an herbal tea? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, I'd like a, I'd like a or a sweet grass. And next tea. next uh, next week we'll we'll do chamomile Maine or something <laughs> like that. There probably is a place <laughs> there called might, there might be sweet grass. Where now? Sweet grass, Montana. Montana. It is right on the line between the United States and Alberta, Canada, and is a port of entry, as they say, meaning that there you are stopped. If you drive uh, north into Canada, you will be stopped there for, uh, you know, the the uh, check there at the border. But we mentioned Sweetgrass, Montana, not necessarily for that reason, because 
Well, if you think it's cold here, just wait. You found someplace colder? It is 28 below, mm. minus 28 in Sweetgrass, Montana. That's the actual Montana. temperature? That's the actual temperature. That's the actual mm. temperature. And at 4 o'clock this morning, it was 33 below. Oh, they have gosh. wind chill indices in Montana of 50 below this morning. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. And by, oh, yes, there's a wind chill warning, too. Okay. All right. What? I was waiting for you to make other comments. It's 10-19, 19 19 minutes after 10 (laughs) o'clock. I I didn't know if you were done. It is minus 28, 28 below zero. for me to ever interrupt anything that you are saying or doing. (laughs) With a wind chill index of about 40 to 50 below, and it's going to stay with them, too, just like that type of thing is going to be staying with us here. This this weather system throughout the country is just amazing. Did you happen to see video yesterday of the the buildings off the coast of New England and Maine going into the water? I did. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It reminds me uh, something we're going to do a little later on in the show. Uh, Andy, Schwanny, and I are all going to go down to Wacker Drive. <laughs> we're going to put our tongues on some lamp, lamp posts. <laughs> we're not even bringing hot water to help. No, we, no. We're doing. We kick it old school when we get our tongues stuck to a lamp post uh, to see uh, if we can still do the show with our tongues. Frozen to lampposts. <laughs> then I'm going to tie you up around it. Then. And then, then we're going to see if anyone can tell the difference between that and the way we normally talk. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are, Sweetgrass, Montana. Sweet. Big sky country. That's man, sweet. that's beautiful country up that's there. sweet, man. It is sweet. Hey, talking about annoying things. I know I often joke about TV reporters standing on expressway overpasses mm-hmm. <laughs> during winter weather, and it is stupid, by the way. Uh, don't you feel sorry when you see any TV reporter out in this ridiculously cold weather? Mm-hmm. Not only in this ridiculously cold weather, but if they're standing in the middle of a hurricane. Do, when we, the, do we have a lot of those here? Not here, but I mean, you see network reporters. Oh, the, when the, like in Florida. Yeah, right. It's same, you and know. the wind is going crazy. The wind crazy. is 110 it, miles an hour, yeah. and they're hanging on for dear life. It takes their umbrella inside out. Yeah. Yep. But they're out there reporting because they're dedicated journalists. And they're, they... Not they, like us. They they do not use the phrase, please use caution when you're out uh, in the hurricane. <laughs> Don't forget to layer up. <laughs> layer up. It's been a while since we've done the uh, slogans that need to be repeated. They, they're stating the obvious. Yeah. Oh, here's, uh, here's another thing. <laughs> the new thing for TV stations now is to have a camera in a car. While in a oh, drive, yeah. oh, where the reporter is driving. Yeah, we call ours Ground Cam Nine mm-hmm. over on Channel Nine, and it's uh, it's somebody who's driving. It's a cameraman and usually a reporter in the car driving on an expressway, so you can see what the conditions are like on the expressway. Uh, I'm going to say we need to make sure that we uh, have good wiper blades in the car. Well, you know what? I <laughs> before we do it's that. It's funny sort of you should thing. say that because just not long ago I went in to get uh, some oil, the oil changed in my car and everything else, and uh, they asked, "Do you need this or that?" And you know they're trying to add up the, the bill. They're there. trying to upsell you. But Shawnee. I actually did. They asked about windshield wipers, and I said, "You know, I think I need some." 
And I am glad I did, because driving back from Michigan last weekend, yeah. there was a snowstorm. Driving around here this week, yeah. you really needed them. Right. I'm really glad I got the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Did you put them in yourself? No. No. I watched an expert do it. <laughs> Can't put in wiper blades by yourself? They were there. I said, you do it. Even I can do it. You can? Yeah. Oh, I should have called you. Want me to change your oil, too, while you're, while you're at it, Mr. Uh, Moneybags? <laughs> Milburn Drysdale, you want me to? <laughs> Milburn Drysdale. Too, too much of a big shot to do a little car maintenance yourself? <laughs> Miss Jane does the oil change on Miss right. Hathaway, change the oil my car. Right away, Chief. And take those barbells to the attic right away. <laughs> 1025 Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. And uh, we start the show off with sad news this morning. Uh, it was uh, announced just minutes before the show went on the air this morning that Joyce Randolph had passed away. Joyce Randolph, the actress who played Trixie Norton on the classic uh, television sitcom The Honeymooners, maybe one of the greatest television programs of all time that starred Jackie Gleason, uh, Art Carney, Audrey Meadows, and Joyce Randolph as uh, Ralph and Alice Cramden and Ed and Trixie Norton. Uh, Trixie was uh, husband to uh, Ed Norton, best friends with Alice Cramden. It is a classic television show. If you're too young to remember the Honeymooners or any of those characters, uh, do yourself a huge favor and uh, check it out. It is one of the funniest, timeless uh, series of all time. Uh, Joyce Randolph uh, died in her sleep, according to her, her son, uh, at the age of 99 at her home in uh, New York City. She really didn't do very much after the Honeymooners. She did a couple of plays in New York where she lived, uh, did a couple of movies, but from the mid-1950s when the Honeymooners first went on the air, all all the way for the duration of when the Honeymooners ran and has been in reruns ever since, uh, that's pretty much her claim to fame. That's pretty much what she uh, only, wanted, only uh, chose to do professionally uh, in her life. She had a son who uh, survives her now, but uh, it's very sad. Uh, I wanted to play just a, a little bit of a clip. I mean, hers was very definitely a supporting role. Uh, she would come, you know, downstairs to uh, Ralph and Alice's apartment and, uh, you know, discuss whatever it was that happened to be going on that day, uh, like this scenario. Now I've got my shopping list all made out for tomorrow morning. I'm going to serve sandwiches, ice cream, coffee, punch, potato chips, peanuts, chocolate cake with happy birthday to Ralph on it. Well, on second thought, I better make that coconut cake. Why? Ralph's crazy about chocolate cake. That's just it. I bought him a new belt for his birthday, and I want to make sure it fits the day after. Oh. <laughs> well, you could always exchange it for a larger size. There is no larger size. <laughs> if this belt doesn't fit Ralph, then it's back to safety pins. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of Alice and uh, Trixie uh, together. Uh, in some of their scenarios. Uh, Joyce Randolph, I, I actually had had uh, Joyce Randolph. I haven't had her <clears throat> on the show pretty much since I started here at WGN, which was, uh, what, 1993, 94, something like that, when I 
came on here te- on television. I started in 1991 here on WGN Radio. It was a little bit later. I, th- I think it was 93 or 94. And she was one of my early guests, and we talked with her on the phone. And I pretty much haven't uh, spoken with her since then. But she was very nice and uh, had, you know, fond memories of, uh, you know, being a part of that classic television show but i'm telling you what do yourself a favor if uh you know old guys like Schwanny and me uh we grew up on the honeymooners and uh i still love it i'm i assume you do as well right do you have a yes do you have a favorite episode oh boy which one is it it's when uh what's it what's the guy's name who is giving mambo lessons to all the ladies <laughs> carlos oh. carlos is giving everybody carlos. mambo lessons <laughs> and ralph was trying to do the mom- mambo <laughs> Mambo lessons. That's one of my. I, I have too many favorites. I, I love. Yeah, what I about have you? Several Do you have a also. favorite? I have a couple. The 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 one that more or less is referred to in general terms is the blabbermouth episode. Oh yeah, where he's recording and he's trying he's trying to keep his calm. And uh, finally yells into the tape recorder or dictaphone belt or whatever he's using back then to, um, you know, uh, his mother-in-law. You are a blab about any episode with his mother-in-law. The tapes get switched and the tape goes to his mother-in-law. And now he has to come up with a big apology. I love I love any episode with his mother-in-law. The one where he finds all the money on the bus. (laughs) <laughs> and the mother-in-law finds out and you know she has she doesn't like him either but when she finds out he has all the money that he found all that money sunny boy <laughs> and then and then the one other one is when they're in the song contest oh da, 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 who da, wrote da, da. swanee river <laughs> that's fantastic. um ed norton <laughs> some fantastic episodes yes as, yes. you, as you, right now we sound like the two old guys sitting in the balcony. Well, on the that's Muppet because show. we are. <laughs> yeah. it's because we are. Anyway, check it out on uh, check out uh, Honeymooners on YouTube. Rest in peace, Joyce Randall. It's John- it is ten thirty eight. Dean Richard Sunday morning on WGN. Time for our weekend theater segment. What's going on on stage in Chicago? Final day for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory out at the Paramount in Aurora. And a lot of you are, you know, getting a little cabin fevery already, even after just these couple of days of, you know, severe winter weather. You want to get out to the Paramount and enjoy an incredible show. Today will be the uh, final day for that. Uh, we've got, we're in the final stretch of Hamilton the Musical down at the Nederlander Theater in Chicago. Uh, that's uh, still a ways to go. But I wanted to mention that uh, our pal Miguel Cervantes, who played uh, Alexander Hamilton here in Chicago when the show first came here, when Hamilton first began its North American tour uh, and was here in Chicago for five years, Miguel Cervantes played uh, Alexander Hamilton that entire time. We got to be pretty good friends with him while he was here and then uh, he was moved to the Broadway production, where he has been playing A. Hamilton uh, ever since, up until just uh, the other day. He did his final performance, wanted to move on and do something new. He hasn't announced what that's going to be yet. But uh, in honor of our pal uh, Miguel and his amazing run uh, in that amazing show, 
We're going to replay our, one of our final interviews with him when, when he left Chicago, actually. We'll get to that coming up in a couple of minutes. But before we do all of that, I wanted to bring in a special guest on the program who is returning to Chicago to be part of Teatro Zinzani, uh, the show that uh, I've seen many times here in Chicago under with different casts and different, uh, you know, scenarios. It now has a new cast and is about to bring back someone who was part of the uh, show, Christine Deaver, who joins us uh, on the phone line right now. Christine, hello from Ice Cold in Chicago. How are you? I'm doing. I, how do I like Chicago? No, I, well, I was. Gonna, I haven't. Go, go, go ahead. I was just going to say. Seen much, I've seen. I'm either in rehearsal or walking to rehearsal, so I've seen the five blocks it takes for me to get to the tent. But I'm hoping when I get a day off, I can actually have a slice of deep dish pizza or at least something Chicago-like. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. There you go. Uh, the, yeah. The, the uh, Christine <laughs> is going to be returning to the show starting on January the 18th. And we'll be here yes. uh, until the end of the month. Hopefully, it'll defrost a little bit by then, because uh, yes. right now, <laughs> no. we're, you're not going to be walking any place for deep dish pizza right now. Cause... I, I know. I mean, I, I you guys get an award, because I don't know how you do this. I'm from Los Angeles, so 60 degrees is cold for me. Yeah. So this is like, how did this how did this happen? <laughs> I was just talking to some friends uh, the other day who are from California and from Florida, and they said I, I, we, we were kind of in a Zoom setting with some friends who are from Toronto and oh, yeah. uh, Minneapolis. And, you know, we were, <laughs> were all commiserating, like all the cold, yeah. all the cold weather people said, eh, it's not that bad. And all, yeah. the, all the warm weather people were like, ah, you people are crazy living in weather <laughs> like that. So I totally <laughs> yeah. understand what you mean. So how excited are you to be coming back into uh, Zinzani? Uh, well, actually, I've been with Zinzani for about off and on for 18 years. And I played in the Seattle tent quite a bit and also San Francisco. And I've never played Chicago. So this is my first time playing Zinzani in Chicago, and I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, the current cast is just fabulous. And the woman that's playing the role that I will be playing, she had a, a, you know, a scheduling conflict. And she's fabulous, by the way, Carissa Hendricks. And um, so I'm just coming in for two weeks to uh, cover for her and uh, have a good time. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'd mentioned on the air that uh, I uh, welcomed in the new year with Theatro Zinzani. Oh, you were there for New Year's Eve. Oh, that, that's a special night. It There's no was place better. so fun. Yeah, no place better for New Year's Eve than Theatro Zinzani, I swear. And, it, and the, it's even better working Theatro Zinzani on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. It seemed like it seemed like the performers were also having a great time because they did their show, which is freewheeling. And it seems like, you know, this is the kind of show where you can do something different every night. And, yes. uh, you know, to, that's the glory it, of it. It's got to be great yeah. for, for all of you, right? Oh, it is. It's fun. It keeps it fresh. And you never know what's going to happen because um, I bring people up on stage and, and do things with them, all legal, of course. But uh, you never know what they're going to be like or what they're going to say or what they're going to do. You know, so I've had the gamut of everything from this guy should be in show business to this guy should be arrested. So it's just um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, lots of uh, audience participation i would assume as yes. you, as you take on this uh, role as yes. a ki- kind of like the mc i guess right of the show yeah yeah i'm playing penelope wild who's a cosmic clairvoyant who also changes personalities so i got a lot of leeway there 
Yeah, that, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great time. How do you describe the show? You know, I've told so many people, oh, I went on New Year's Eve and oh, it was so much fun. And then I start to describe the show. And at a point in my own mind, I go, it's really hard to describe the show because yeah, it's so it many well, different things. Well, I kind of described it as uh, Cirque du Soleil meets Moulin Rouge meets Kit Kat Club on acid. Oh, so, yeah, um, that's perfect, really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a little bit of everything. It's uh, acrobatics. It's yep. uh, c- contortionist. It's I don't, I don't want to say yep. cir- circus uh, acts because it's it's not really, but it, it's like uh, acts of uh, what the human body can do. Right? Yeah, acts of bendiness. Yes, of bendiness. Act, yeah, yes. I, bendiness. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the bendiest show in Chicago. The bendiest. If you want to see a Bendy show, Teatro Zanzani is the one. <laughs> yeah, but amazing music, just really, really. Oh, the band, the band here is fantastic. They sound like to me like when Johnny Carson was still on the air in his band. That's right. what they sound like to me. Right. I listen to them every night, and just feel, I just sit there and listen to them. I just think they're fabulous. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the the singers, whose primary yep. roles are, are to perform music, are uh, mm-hmm. amazing in the show, and then the the comedy. Uh, you know the yes. thing, the things that happen uh, are mm-hmm. are also hilarious, and yeah. you get fed at the same time. You do. You get a four course meal. I think it's four courses. I think I don't know. I think you it get was. meat. You get food. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had the salmon last night. It I, was very good. Yeah, I think I, um, I think yeah. it was, I was drinking on New Year's Eve a little bit, so I I, <laughs> I lost count after a while, but it, it was quite delicious. I will say that can happen. That can happen. Yeah. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, so you are uh, you're going to be on stage uh, at the beautiful um, uh, what what is it called the Spiegel Spiegel Tent Spiegel Tent which means mirror tent. So when you walk into the tent, you know it's really funny because you go through the Cambria Hotel and you go up to the 14th floor, and like most hotels, you get out and there's beige walls, and it looks like a dental office, right? Right. And then you walk through the door of Chiapa Zanzani, and you are immediately transported to, I don't know where, but it's not a beige wall. The lobby is gorgeous, and the tent, you walk into the tent, and you're just, where, where the heck am I? But it's, and I always, I've always said that the true star of the show is the tent. That's very true. I mean, it's, it's certainly, yeah. you know, part of the experience, for sure. It's this very lavish yeah. uh, tent with uh, tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in the a little bit in the round, and yep. uh, it's uh, it's a really fun evening. And uh, Christine yeah. will be uh, back on stage starting January eighteenth, Thursday, January eighteenth, to Sunday the twenty eighth. And you can get tickets by yep. going to zinzani dot com slash yeah. slash Chicago. Welcome, uh, yeah. t- welcome to our frozen tundra. Thank you. I'm. Ha- I mean, I I really dig this city, even though I haven't seen a lot of it, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know it better, but I'm very happy I'm here. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome back, and I can't recommend uh, Teatro Zanzani enough. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us, Christine. Have a great day today. You too, Dean. Thank you. There you go. Part of the uh, amazing soundtrack of Hamilton, an American musical, winner of uh, so many Tony Awards on Broadway, the production that starred uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. When the show uh, hit the road and began its uh, tour around America, the Chicago Company was the first one out of uh, the Great White Way and starred Miguel Cervantes, who 
We interviewed when he first came to town. I don't know how many times that we had uh, Miguel here on the show multiple, multiple times uh, here on the radio show and also on our TV morning show. Uh, His wife, Kelly, uh, joined us also on the program many, many times uh, as they, as a couple, began uh, a battle to save their life of their little daughter, Adelaide, who is suffering from a severe form of epilepsy, something that has since taken her life. And now uh, Kelly and Miguel Cervantes have uh, dedicated much of their time to helping other couples who are going through something similar, <clears throat> a, uh, a child who is uh, chronically ill, a child that has uh, passed away. Kelly has written a book about dealing with uh, the grief that goes along with something like that. They are remarkable people. <clears throat> when uh, Miguel uh, played Alexander Hamilton here in Chicago for five years and then uh, got got the big job, he when Lin-Manuel Miranda left the show on Broadway, Miguel went to The Great White Way, and he took over the starring role on Broadway. And that was right when the pandemic was starting. I think he had done uh, maybe just a handful of performances when uh, the pandemic shut Broadway and everything else in the world down. And, uh, you know, they, they sat it out. Eventually, things opened up again. Eventually, he was back on stage and playing Alexander Hamilton again until uh, late last week when he announced that he would be leaving the show, uh, wanted to do something different. And you can imagine, I mean, he probably had done that role. Excuse me. He probably performed that role for eight years, I think, maybe eight or nine years, something. That's a long time to do the same show over and over. And he was looking for some new creative opportunities. Uh, So he has said that he will be looking forward to those and will be telling us about those uh, as soon as possible. But when he did leave uh, Chicago, uh, he uh, spent some time with us on the TV morning show. In fact, did his final performance and then the very next morning came on to uh, join us to say goodbye and to say thank you to Chicago. The lead actor, Alexander Hamilton, during that entire run is with us this morning. Wow. Talk about this range of emotions. Getting all choked up over here watching this thing. Right? (laughs) Miguel Cervantes, welcome back. Thank you. Old friend of the morning show. Thank you for coming out on. I'm sure it must have been just an exhaustive night. Yeah. I mean, I've done two shows plenty of times, and I was not as tired as doing one yesterday. Um, The the response um, from the audience, the energy, I think it. You know, you can understand why rock and roll stars get yeah. a little burnt out because it was just so electric. You could feel the love and the energy coming from the audience. And I, you know, it's something I can't describe, you can't prepare for. And, you know, the, the end of a journey like this, um, it's undescribable. So why did you answer your phone this morning? Right. <laughs> Because he morning? loves us, Larry. <laughs> and listen, I'm still an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> we shut it down a little early last night. <laughs> but coming into a show like this, everyone knew 
It was such a big hit on Broadway. A lot of pressure taking over that role when you came to Chicago. And you, they usually switch people out. They kept you the whole time. I saw you. Phenomenal. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got to be unbelievable. You know, I, I, you know, we talked about this at the beginning. You know, they let me be who I wanted to be on that stage. They wanted to be, they let me create the Hamilton that I wanted to be and that who I was. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a different person than Lynn and, mm-hmm. and any of the other Hamiltons you see. And the energy that we created on that stage, we just, it just kept going. And the new people would come in and go and the energy kept going. And I was just telling, you know, Dean earlier, it never felt like it was old. It never felt like three and a half years. And the ultimate compliment for you now, I mean, you were going to take some time off after this show was going to close here in Chicago anyway, uh, but some news came in that you are going to continue as Alexander Hamilton in New York on Broadway. Yeah. You yeah. are taking over the main show yeah. with this. You know, I started on my the first one. I started before Chicago. I got to do four performances with mm-hmm. some of the original company, and that was an amazing sort of beginning. And then now we've created this beautiful Chicago sort of bubble mm-hmm. that we created this, this show. And now I get to sort of take our energy, a little bit of our Chicago fire, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and move it over to New York and be able to to to, to do what what I do there and um, hopefully give a little bit of that Chicago love to the Broadway company that we've. That Plenty we've of actors here. come to town and they perform here for a little while and you know they give us the usual oh I love Chicago it's love your pizza, uh, <laughs> but you have really embraced Chicago I mean you really have been become part of the city here. Yeah. What, is, what does Chicago mean you know, to you? We got here without an idea of what it was going to be like, what we, our life was going to be here. Immediately we decided that we loved it. And immediately we decided that we were going to be here for as long as we could. And, uh, you know, my son is in school and we've met so many people that have supported us. You know, Hamilton is one thing, but, you know, the, the struggles that we've gone through as a family uh, with my daughter and all of the sort of, um, you know, difficulties that have come throughout mm-hmm. these last three years we we got you know <laughs> we got a lot of love and support uh from our home from the people here from and Chicago. the family that we found and the, and the support system that we found here and because of that i feel like you know i'm, I'm going to consider this home mm-hmm. i'm not going back home mm-hmm. i'm moving away yeah and i think tell me that you're you're going to go do the show in new york but you're keeping your place we're going to we have a place here we're going to keep our place we don't know something. how long this is going to be this mm-hmm. could be five years it could be a couple years i don't know but in somewhere down deep in my heart and in my wife's heart and uh, we we want to keep the option open uh for coming back mm-hmm. and um you know that's how important this place has been to us as so, an as an artist is there? How do you fill that void where a lot of artists say, "I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. I want to go do something else." Do you have an opportunity to do something while you're doing Hamilton? Yeah, you know, in New York, it's a little easier to sort of be. There's lots of projects. There's lots of things going on. New rights, new works, and stuff. And actually, my son and wife are going to stay here for the whole school year, so I'll be commuting back and forth. Oh, wow. So I'm going to kind of be bored yeah. <laughs> during the day, uh, looking for something to do. So um, I, I will, you know, hopefully there'll be something new, some other pro- project. But honestly. As an artist, to be in something like Hamilton, to be able mm-hmm. to be part of some this an amazing movement that it is, it's as fulfilling as anything I could ever have dreamed of. And so, to be able to do it more yeah. and to continue, it, it I, I I can't imagine wanting to do anything new. Well, that's just it. When you find a role that fits you so well and you click with, there's a lot of artists that are like, oh, I'm ready to get rid of that. I'm not that person anymore. I mean. 
why not ride it out and just embrace it? Uh, you know, it's such a great experience. Not for nothing in the enta- entertainment biz, it's also hard to find a job that lasts yeah, for a long time. Right. So this one, if it can go for longer and I can be fulfilled by it and mm-hmm. also, you know, have a job, um, then it then it also it seems like a great fit of, of everything you want to do as, as an as an actor and an entertainer, and and people still are, are still excited about it. Yes. And I can feel that every yeah. performance is is like that. And so. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to continue. I'm excited to... Now, if I could have chosen, if they gave me the option of doing Hamilton for three more years in Chicago, I would have chosen that. <laughs> but that's, that wasn't on the table, right. so uh, we'll, we'll right. do it this way. So, you know, we saw the, the curtain call. I don't even know how you got through that performance because it was interrupted several times by standing ovations yeah. during the show and then this amazing uh, curtain call, including the mayor coming up on stage and proclaiming it Hamilton Day. What was it like after the show? I mean, it had to be bittersweet with your not only your current cast members, but I know a lot of the former cast members who were yeah. in the show in the beginning and have moved on all came back to town for a party last yeah, night. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of people in town to, to to celebrate this, and I think it. You know, I don't know if something like this will ever happen again. You know, this sort of. The, you know, the little world that we created here in Chicago mm-hmm. with Hamilton. Hamilton will be happening all over the world soon, yeah. but it may never be like this again. And I think people coming back into town, the mayor, you know, creating this day for us um, is a testament to how important it was. I know it's important in my life. I'm assuming it's important. I've, I've heard from lots of people how important it was in their life. Mm-hmm. 10 times, 20 times, 30 times they've seen the show. Yeah. And I don't think that happens a lot. No. So Miguel Cervantes uh, f- leaving uh, the role of Alexander Hamilton on Broadway. Uh, I know we'll be hearing great things uh, about his career in the future. We'll keep you posted on that. Coming up in the next half hour, actress Andy McDowell joining us. You love mornings like this, don't you? <laughs> You, I, are, you know what I you like, remind me of? That guy that's on MSNBC on election nights. He's got his shirt sleeves rolled. Oh, oh yeah. That's his, uh, <laughs> and he's got Kornacki, the, right? Kornacki. Yeah, the wrinkled yeah. khakis. <laughs> and he's into it. And he's the got tie pap- is undone. He's got papers everywhere. <laughs> that's you this morning. With, oh, oh, we got to get the indices. Where the where the wind chill indices? That is right. Indices. Yeah, plural for index. That's what it is. Schwani and Storm Center. <laughs> Storm Center Schwani. Storm Center Schwani. <laughs> Storm Center. I love, I love you on mornings like this. You're so official sounding. Just wait till we have like three feet of snow oh, or something like that. Oh, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, we're going to talk with Tom Skilling's weather producer, Bill Snyder, uh, again, in a little while, just to get a, a little deeper update into all that's... Uh, he sounded pretty uh, into oh, it also this totally, morning. He's totally into it. I was telling Andy how much he actually does sound like Tom. They just <laughs> yes, ought to say, I you know, when you. Tom's done, they should just bring Bill in. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know where Tom is right now, right? Yes, you said. He's on a beach. He's in Hawaii. Well, we're all uh, trying to get our lips to not freeze together. (laughs) Tom's putting sunscreen on. I hope he's putting sunscreen. So, do you really want to go down and Wacker Drive and um, put our tongues on the tongue on the light post out there? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, the fire department's right around the corner here, (laughs) so they can help us seriously. Though, you know what? On a serious note, we talk about this cold. 
it, despite whatever the weather conditions are, our police and firefighters oh, and emergency responders you kidding me? are there. And when I was coming in this morning at uh, 3.30, the fire truck was going out on a call. I, I saw uh, uh, ambulance, yeah. some EMTs mm-hmm. this morning, and I thought about these poor guys and women are going to have to uh, probably you know deal with it. I saw a fire truck. When I was coming in also, yeah, this is the time of year people are, you know, they're putting space heaters on, they're lighting their ovens to keep yep. warm, and, uh, you know, that's do a, not do that. a recipe for disasters. Do not do that. So be careful with all of that, but thank you to all of our first responders, uh, police, fire, the uh, uh, EMTs, anybody who has to work outside. Uh, you know, I, I saw, you know, talking about the honeymooners, the sewer workers. <laughs> I saw Ed, some. We I, saw Ed down in the I sewer. I saw some guys. You? Hey, wait, Ralphie boy, working in the sewers <laughs> out here in the cold weather. Uh, Tell you, Ralph, it gets mighty cold down there. <laughs> um, you know, layer up. The people who have outside jobs today. <laughs> Think about them. Think about the pets. Yes, yes. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, your pets. Also. Make sure you take care of your pet. I mean, that that ground is so cold, your dog's going to hate it. But right. you got to put the booties on them. Yeah. You got to do it today. Do you have booties for Otis? Yeah, we do. He hates it, but uh, he he loves it once he's outside. I'll no. tell you that. No. I remember years ago, I had to put him on Schwanny before he went. <laughs> he likes it though. He's, I think that's what he meant when he said, "Dean, will you take care of them? Put my booties on." All these years. What we need to hear now is uh, the great Tommy Edwards going. And now! <laughs> Introducing the, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, so, what was your take on the uh, the ring uh, event? Yeah. That, that took place. I mean, it took such an ugly turn. It did. You know, some, I, I, I really have to restrain myself. And talking about those people who were booing Jerry Krause, who has passed away. Yeah, in 2017. His, his widow is there to represent him, and she has to hear jerks booing at this uh, event. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of anything with less class, courtesy, politeness, dignity, humanity than, uh, than uh, all of that. It wasn't a good look. Let's put it to you that way. Yeah, that's uh, it was sure. not a good look. Uh, you know, the whole event actually started the night before. They had a, a big dinner. And it was around the fact that the, the Golden State Warriors were here so that Steve Kerr could be a part of it. He's uh, the head coach of the Warriors. But uh, Dennis Rodman, his flight did not make it into town because of the weather. Uh, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan still fighting. <laughs> So they didn't get didn't there. Show up. Come they on. didn't. They didn't get Come there. On. Act like adults. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it, 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 how can you celebrate the the you know perhaps the greatest team to ever play without two of the greatest players Jordan that ever Pippen, played? Right. Yeah, I mean, Rodman was trying to get here. I mean, I, you can't uh, can't fight the weather at that point. You but, think that just really Jordan and Pippen don't like each other that much to not show up for something like this? Is it? Is it something more? I think it's it's more Scotty not uh, liking Jordan right now because of the way that Pippen was portrayed in the Last Dance in that uh, documentary. Yeah, and uh, that was, we were all watching. We were all shut in back then in, right. in 2020. And uh, yeah, I think there's there's some lingering lingering feelings there. I don't know if the two have ever really talked it out. I doubt that they have. I doubt that they ever will. To be honest with you, 
Um, you know, Pippen saying that Michael Jordan wasn't always wasn't the greatest basketball player. I mean, come on. Um, you know, we can argue a lot of things, but we're not going to argue that because that's ridiculous to to say something like that. But you know, at the end of the day, when you're when you're talking about a, a ceremony that honors uh, a group of guys that were put together by the guy that you're booing. I mean, That's say what you want That's about Jerry Krause. Amazing. I mean, you know, any time you have any of any of these rallies that have taken place, whether it's been the Bulls, the Cubs, the Blackhawks, or whatever, you can pretty much guarantee the management's going to get booed. Of course, and ownership's going to get booed, and the politicians. Right when the politicians try to hone in on it, and they come up there, they're going to get booed. But. Uh, when when a guy has passed away, yeah, I mean he's been gone for seven years. I who mean, has contributed yeah. a lot to the yeah. making of what you know pr- probably is the greatest basketball franchise mm-hmm. ever. Uh, but to to dishonor him in front of his widow like that, I, I saw the video of his his widow. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart. Yeah, it was it was That's hard to watch. It was hard to watch. You know, obviously, Kraus taking a lot of the, 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 the heat for his comments just before the breakup of the team, that uh, organizations win championships, players don't. I mean, it might have been a little misguided. He was a very emotional guy, uh, from what I recall. Uh, you know, Casey Johnson, who covers the Bulls and has covered them for many, many, many years. He's with NBC Sports Chicago now. And he had a series of tweets yesterday saying, you know, how much he loves that family and how much that family has t- treated his family with, uh, with kindness and love and respect. And that, uh, he said that Thelma Krause is one of the toughest people he's ever met. And that, yeah, she was shocked by it and, and very disheartened by it, but she'll bounce back. And, you know, it's unfortunate that that's a situation that she has to bounce back from, you know, representing her husband, who's you know the architect of these teams. Yeah. I mean, it helps obviously with Michael Jordan being there. I mean, Phil Jackson, uh, wins his championships with uh, with uh, Michael Jordan and with Kobe Bryant. I mean, so, yeah, good players kind of help things along, but you still have to be good at what you do to get players around these guys and to have it all mesh and have it work together and have them uh, get to the championship and win it because it's not easy to do. It's just that we're living in a time where complete disrespect and rudeness is considered acceptable somehow. Yeah. It's validated by others who are... In positions of power. And it's a fine line in sports, too, Dean, because, you know, people will argue, okay, I paid my 50 bucks to get to the game. I can, I can boo. If, if I want to boo, I can boo. And there's a, there, they, they have, there's a point to that. There's no contract uh, that says on the ticket, you, you, you pay 50 bucks, you can't, you can't react, you know? But there are certain times to react, and there are certain other times where you just right. defer to fact, the fact that this is a celebration. And I think people, some people got caught up in, um, you know, just the, the the stuff from the past, and and can't let it go, and you know that that's what that's what happened. It's it's it's, it's a shame. It was a it was a bad look for the city because it it got picked up nationally, right? And you know they're 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 saying Bulls fans. Well, it's not Bulls fans. It's particular Bulls fans. And there's a lot of very good Chicago Bulls fans who have been with this team through thick and thin, and have probably wanted to boo but didn't because they like the team and they they, they respect the franchise. Right. But it was, you know, a certain amount of people will do it, and there are certain people that that welcome the boos. I mean, there, you know, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the of the NHL, gets booed everywhere he goes. He hands out the Stanley Cup, and he gets booed, and he just kind of waits, pauses for a few seconds, yeah. kind of brings it on, and then goes about his business. Yeah, yeah. You know, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, he gets booed every day. I mean, so I mean, there's certain people that can handle it, and uh, you know, even if even if Thelma Krause can handle it, 
she shouldn't have had to deal with it she that day. She shouldn't have had to. Yeah. You know, it goes along with this world that we're living in right now. Uh, you know, this social media world where people say and do whatever they want mm-hmm. online because there are no consequences. Correct. Uh, and that's the world that we're living in right now where we see uh, people saying the absolute worst, ho- most horrible things, not only online, but plenty of people say them publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, they, you know, they pe- people cheer them as uh, oh, he was so rude to people. They, you know, they love it. Yeah, that, it's a it's a breakdown of uh, propriety of you know of. I, I hate to make it sound so dramatic, mm-hmm. but it's kind of symptomatic of a, a, a breakdown of a, a society in a way where yeah. people just don't know right from wrong anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, sports is such a difficult one to. To kind of get involved with the, with the booing and the cheering and that kind of thing, because you know when you're when when a team is playing yours, uh, you know you boo, but there's a there's a modicum of respect. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of respect because you're you're taking the time to boo a guy that's kicking your team's butt. You know what I mean? Yeah, or boo an umpire. You yeah, know, you don't like a decision. Exactly. Uh, you know something. Exactly. Th- yeah. Those are moments in the game where you're saying I disagree with what exactly. has, has just happened, and that's the way that you know you have the ability to express that. You know, dismay over a call, or uh, the fact that uh, you know someone's lighting your team up for forty-five points. You know, and, and you know it, it beats the alternative with people running on the field. You know what I mean, or doing stupid things like that. Because I'd rather them sit in the stands and and do that and boo, than you know become a, a spectacle and stop a game, or you know become a, a security risk at a, at a baseball game or a football game or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, but yeah, you're right. It was a bad look. It was a real bad look. Let's uh, take a break here, and uh, we're going to go back in time. Uh, One of our favorite uh, delights as children is going away, uh, a candy that we all may have enjoyed. Uh, I want to talk about that and some other uh, things which uh, we enjoyed as kids, which are no longer around. We'll get to all of that coming right up. How about that? How about that for a long commercial? (laughs) That's back in the days. When they would do 60-second commercials, uh, and it happened to be for this new gum that was being introduced back in the uh, mid-60s, the Beach Stripe, uh, Fruit Stripe gum. And, uh, Shwani, remember how exciting that was? Oh, yeah. When uh, this new gum came out. Big fruit-flavored gum. Oh, it was delicious. 60-second spot. Now they're 15. It seemed forever <laughs> listening to these <laughs> commercials. It's like, is this thing almost over? I get it. Beach Stripe, Fruit Stripe. I get it. I get it. <laughs> they wanted to make sure you Apparently got it. Apparently, they did. Uh, sadly, they announced this week that they are going to stop making Beach Nut Fruit Stripe gum. And I don't want to be one of these people, you know, complaining, oh, they're going to stop making this gum because I haven't had this gum in like 50 years. So I haven't been supporting the product. <laughs> so I can't really say that I'm going to miss it. I haven't had it in a long time. But it's, I guess, you know, it's part of our childhood, right? It's, oh, yeah. That's going away. That's why I don't have any teeth. Excuse me? <laughs> Are you wearing choppers? I, I never that, knew this. No, I just can't chew that gum anymore. <laughs> you wear, do you wear those teeth with the wind-up thing on them? <laughs> <laughs> that clatter? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that about you. No, 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 no. No, I do, but um, I've had some, th- I've had, uh, some we, teeth you know replaced. What? We all did. I'll put it that way. We, we, but we chewed it day and night. We Bazooka, were, we were candy stripe. maniacs. Yes. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
You know, I used to like uh, that candy called Chuckles. Oh, oh yeah. Remember Chuckles? I still, yeah. if I can find Chuckles, I will buy a package. Supposedly, supposedly, you can uh, buy it online, because I looked. I've seen them in stores infrequently, but I've seen them. Amazon, uh, you can buy, let's see, how many do you get here? Um, mm, chuckles. Uh, irresistible fruit-flavored jelly candy-coated with a layer of sugar, just to make sure that you really get the full uh, decaying effect on your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they put a, they put not only the sugar in it, but that jelly stuff oh, yeah. to make sure that it stays on your teeth. Uh, you know, for hours and hours and hours to really go for the decaying, uh, you know, blend. Uh, but you get one package. And it's about, uh, it looks like it's about 20 pieces. It's not like the little package that we would buy for what, like a dime or a nickel or a dime or something like that. Uh, this will cost you, this will set you back five bucks on Amazon. Five bucks? Yeah, five bucks if you want that. 20 pieces. Oh, oh, okay, for 20, yeah. yeah for 20 okay, pieces. all right. Because I've still seen the packages, you know, here and there with the five uh, pieces in it for, yeah. you know, a buck and a half or something like that. Yeah, that's a lot, too. Though. I know, when you could get them for 30 cents. What other candies we were, 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 like, favorite? You know what I used to love? Mallow cups. Mallow cups oh, were yeah. good. I used yes. to love the mallow cups. And Every. I don't even remember what was in them, but marshmallow. It was a marshmallow. Was thing it a coconut? With, was there like a? I guess marshmallow would make sense if it was mallow, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but it was chocolate with a marshmallow with a marshmallow filling. filling? Mm-hmm. No, no coconut. Maybe you had some coconut in it. Maybe one of them. You know, they would have different uh, flavors like M and M's, plain and peanut mm. chocolate candies, mallow cup with or without coconut. Mm. Yeah, I like the just, uh, I, I don't even remember what I liked, but I remember that I would spend all, if I had money in my pocket, I'd go right to the candy counter. Oh, yeah. There was a little store sweet on the tarts. way. Do you like sweet you tarts? love sweet, sweet tarts. tarts. Oh, yes. Great. Sweet tarts. Yeah. There was a store on the way home from school, and it was very popular around 3.30 in the afternoon, uh, I can tell you. Uh, not only with the candy, but Hostess Twinkies, Hostess oh, Cupcakes, yeah. oh, the yeah. Fruit Pies. Oh, yeah. Sure. That's if, if you were rolling in money, then you could buy a fruit pie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if you only had a nickel, then... Because that's when they had the penny candy, right? Absolutely, and, yes. And the little uh, bowls, the, mm-hmm. and, and you you know, you get a, maybe a, a piece of Mary Jane. I used to like Mary Jane's also, because I wanted to make sure that none of my fillings stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> or or they would or the next time you went to the dentist they would say we're going to have to refill this tooth son <laughs> my uh-huh. dentist I'm pretty sure my dentist was subsidizing my Mary Jane addiction <laughs> to keep him in business uh, what were some of your favorite candies Andy uh, you know I was as a kid growing up allergic to chocolate as I've pointed out before oh, yes yes, uh, yes they had these little things called tartan tinies. Tart and don't know those. They were sold. They were little tiny uh, cylinder type. Uh, they're they're shaped like like barrels, but they were really tiny. Uh, hence the name Tart and Tiny. Um, <laughs> I, I can't find those things anywhere. I remember hard candy root beer barrels. Oh, those were really remember good those? Too. Oh, yeah. yeah, those were awesome. I went to a restaurant in Palm Springs. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but you know how on um, you know when you pay for your bill. 
how they sometimes they'll have a, like a mint you could take or something like that. Mm-hmm. They had a basket full of root beer barrels. Oh, nice. I took the biggest handful of those. <laughs> I'm sure when I left, they go, get a load of fatso over there. <laughs> Taking all the root beer barrels. I, took, I must have taken 25 of them. It's like root beer That's barrels. good, though. Stuffing them in my pockets like, like a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I like them. Oh, man. All right. I used to be really jealous of people that were eating like uh, chocolate bars the, the one that i remember that i liked the most was uh, that went away i think it was a marathon bar yes. i think it was braided like braided yeah chocolate. yeah yeah marathon bars, yeah, I don't think of course that, I don't think those are around anymore remember either. those no i've i've looked for those yeah. and i can't find them what's that candy you just said andy what? tart and tiny tart and tiny yeah you know, speaking of gum... Interesting that it also sounds like a stripper name, it doesn't does, it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why we all liked it so hey, much. Hey, I mean, here's Tart and Tiny. Hey. Do you remember the uh, the sour gums that you... But they were gum balls, and they literally were a penny. Sour apples, sour grape, mm. sour cherry. Oh, that's when you didn't even have a nickel. If you had three cents, you could go in there and buy three of them. Yeah, that's when living was living. Sunday morning going back and uh, remembering one of the classic television shows of all time the final surviving member of the cast of the honeymooners has passed away joyce randolph who played trixie norton on the show wife to ed norton played by art the great art carney uh, best friend of uh, alice cramden played by audrey meadows and a long-suffering neighbor of Ralph Cramden, the great Jackie Gleason, the great one himself. Uh, she played, Joyce Randolph played Trixie Norton on that classic series for its uh, entire run. And then, of course, has been uh, on in reruns really ever since the show went on the air in 1955. She died last night at her home in New York City. According to her uh, son, uh, she died of natural causes at the age of uh, 99. Uh, she was a theater actress, pretty much, uh, you know, stayed in New York for the entire run and was discovered by Jackie Gleason, who saw her in a commercial for Clorette's uh, Breath Mints. There's like, it was sort of a, a well. This is this isn't uh, uh, Joyce Randolph, but this is a very early 1960s commercial for Clorets. Don't broadcast bad breath. Take Clorets, the amazing remedy that dissolves bad breath away. Only Clorets combines the two breath purifiers, chlorophyll and retsin, to stop bad breath with amazing speed. Let us demonstrate. This type machine was developed for the Army Chemical Warfare Service to detect odors. As this offensive onion odor element is passed through the machine, watch. Within seconds, the needle swings up 23 degrees. Now, after clearing the machine, watch the difference when the same odor is treated with Clorette's ingredients. Seconds later, the needle is barely moved. Proof Clorette's absorbs offensive odor elements quickly, effectively. So always carry Clorette's. Clorets cost a little more, but Clorets do so much more. Remember, don't broadcast bad breath. 
That's amazing. Clorets, by the way, it cost a little more. It was 15 cents for a package of these uh, the candy or a little mints uh, that you could uh, that you could take. Uh, but anyway, that that wasn't Joyce Randolph, uh, obviously, in that commercial. But it was a commercial for Clorets, uh, on which she appeared at the last minute. Somebody else was supposed to do the commercial, but she jumped in at the last minute. Jackie Gleason saw her and signed her to take on the role of uh, Trixie Norton. Now, other actresses uh, played Trixie because she didn't want to do the, those revival uh, versions that came back. But for the original run of uh, the Honeymooners and, uh, you know, the, the sketch uh, Honeymooners that appeared even before the original 39, uh, she was the one. And she is the one, that, really, that we will think about uh, most often whenever we think about that role. Uh, she really didn't do much uh, professionally after uh, the Honeymooners. She did a few uh, uh, roles on Broadway. She appeared in uh, a couple of movies and a couple of television shows. But really, she uh, was very protective of her own life. She did a few interviews <clears throat> where she talked about uh, the Honeymooners and how she didn't like that Jackie Gleason didn't like to rehearse uh, he liked to just, you know, l- let things go and see what happens. And uh, she was, you know, like like a lot of uh, actors are a little more formally trained and they like to rehearse and be overly prepared. Jackie Gleason was not like that. So that was not one of her uh, favorite things uh, in the world. But uh, she did, uh, you know, if, if you go out there, you can find uh, some interviews on YouTube. Uh, you can find there was a uh, a book that was written uh, that uh, talked about her experiences uh, as well. One of the interviews that she did was for the um, T- uh, Emmy TV Legends Foundation, the uh, uh, organization that gives out the Emmy Awards. Interviewed, uh, They've interviewed hundreds of uh, classic performers to talk a little bit about their roles and their contributions And one of those interviews that they did was with Joyce Randolph uh, talking about being cast as Trixie on The Honeymooners. Bill Cates does the Academy Award shows and everything. Mm -hmm. And he wanted Diana to uh, come in like the next day or whatever and uh, do a live Clorettes commercial. And she said, I'm working. I got a job. Can't do it. She said, I'll send Joyce. Joyce will do it. He said, no, Joyce is too tall for the guy in the commercial. She said, Joyce will wear flats. And she said, okay, send Joyce in. So I went in and did the Clorets commercial. And it went very well. And then a few weeks later, Joe Cates is on the phone. And he says, we're going to repeat that Clorets commercial on our other show. Fine. Did that. Uh, A few weeks later, he's on the phone. And he said... um, have you seen our uh, you know, Cavalcade of Stars starring Jackie Gleason? I said, no, I don't even have a television set. And uh, he said, well, Jackie has written with the writers a serious sketch, and we've got to cast it. And, um, well, you're young, but come on, dress old and come in and read for uh, Harry Crane and Walter Stone and Marvin Marks. And just last week, Walter Stone died. Marvin's been gone a long time. And... Harry Crane. Wow, they, they've all just died recently. No, Mar- Marvin was earlier. But uh, I went in and read for these three men, and they hired me. 
And I did the sketch opposite Jackie. Uh, he was a vaudevillian in a tank town, and this lady comes into his shabby dressing room, and they chat. And this was a woman he should have married years ago, and didn't. It was just a short sketch, so I don't remember too much about it. But it was serious, and here we were doing it on a comedy show with very little rehearsal, because as everyone knows by now, Mr. Gleason does not like to rehearse. And uh, it went okay, I guess, because um, the audience, you know, didn't know what was happening, but it went by quickly. It wasn't long. A few weeks later, again, Joe Cates is on the phone, and he, he asked me, had I seen something they were doing called the Honeymooners? And I said, no, I, I don't know what that is. And he said, well, it's a bus driver, and Jackie's a bus driver, and Pert Kelton is the wife, Alice Cramden, and um, we've written in um, a sewer worker. Art Carney's playing the sewer worker. He's played that a few times, and now they've written a wife called Trixie for the sewer worker. And Mr. Gleason said, get me that serious actress. So he didn't even remember my name, but he somehow knew I would be Trixie or be okay for Trixie. And so I just fell into it that way, without an agent negotiating anything, which is not a good way to fall into anything. Well, it, it, it was just cast that way, and you know, if you'd start saying things later like, uh, gee, maybe I better bring an agent into this, they'd all say, no, 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 we'll, we'll get another girl. They, they could be mean to you. Jackie's henchmen could be mean to you. I shouldn't say that, but that's the way they were in those days. Yeah. So you worked for uh, you know, a small salary, but um, Things were inexpensive in New York in those days. You could get along very nicely on, on, uh, on some smaller salaries. I mean, when you hear what people make today, it's, it's mind-boggling. Here we'd work for $250 a week. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that was part of the reason that she didn't really want to be part of any of the reunion shows that uh, went on. But a little bit uh, from Joyce Randolph. Trixie Norton, uh, who passed away last night, at the age of uh, 99, her family is asking, in lieu of any flowers, they're asking donations to the Entertainment Community Fund. Full show today, no preemptions. Well, I make it the full four hours. Got people uh, feeding me Gatorade during the show to keep me hydrated. Like you see the uh, players do on the sidelines during the game, squirting uh, Gatorade into my mouth. Make sure that I can go the full distance today. We'll see. Uh, we're going to get into a food time segment coming up after 12 o'clock today. Talking about stick to your ribs kind of foods, comfort foods. We've done a couple on my TV uh, cooking segment. And I've got a good one coming up this coming Wednesday. Tell you all about that. Uh, all coming up after 12 o'clock today. Wanted to uh, get into the second half of our A-list interview uh, for today. And that is with uh, actress Andy McDowell, who has uh, been in so many great television shows and movies. Uh, she currently is part of season two of The Way Home, and uh, which is on the Hallmark Channel. Just uh, debuted this past Tuesday on the Hallmark Channel. She co-stars with Kyler Lay and Evan Williams and uh, Sadie Laflamme Snow. And uh, we spent a little time with them on uh, a Zoom hookup the other day on uh, our TV morning show. And we not only talked about the series, but what I think was uh, even more uh, interesting, at least uh, you know, to us here in Chicago, is that Andy McDowell also starred in Groundhog Day, which is one of the great 
made in the Chicago area movies, especially as we're getting closer to Groundhog Day, February 2nd, and how they always celebrate up in uh, Woodstock, uh, Illinois. Uh, that's where Andy and Bill Murray and uh, the cast there spent so much time making this motion picture uh, under the uh, direction of uh, the great Harold Ramis, uh, the late great Harold Ramis at the time. So uh, we talk about The Way Home and Groundhog Day with uh, Andy McDowell and her cast. Hello there, everybody. Looking like the Brady Bunch in your little box there. <laughs> How are you? Good morning. <laughs> morning. We're floating heads back here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Congratulations uh, on your uh, season two. Andy, talk to me uh, a little about the success. I mean, this show has just you know struck a chord. What, what do you think it is that's resonating with people as you guys uh, get ready to kick off your season two? I think people fell in love with the show because it has all the components that you are comfortable with when you watch a Hallmark show. It's got the, it has a multi-generational, it's got a lot, a lot of love, it has romance, and everything that you, you uh, expect from Hallmark, and plus so much more. It has this mystery and intrigue that is much, is a little bit spicier, and I think People are excited to, I just watched the, next, the four episodes, four episodes of this season. I couldn't wait to see the fifth episode, and I'm in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is, uh, there's just something really compelling uh, that's all, uh, you know, going on on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, Kyler, Evan, Sadie, uh, chime in uh, here about what, what's it like to be uh, you know, part of the Hallmark family? It's a wonderful family. I mean, there's so much love with everybody. It really, truly does have that dynamic. Um, it doesn't feel like networky or anything like that, um, especially within the cast and, you know, our, our crew and our producers, showrunners, um, our publicity departments, who's right over here to the mm. side. <laughs> no, it's, it's really just everybody's so excited and just loves this show so much. It, it's, it's why it plays so beautifully on screen. It's because of how we feel, um, because we genuinely love what we're doing. And it's really exciting to be part of what Hallmark is doing, which is making a pivot into storytelling that is uh, requires something from the audience, requires their attention, and then rewards them with depth and scale and the show is very emotional people feel like uh, on social media we're getting a lot of feedback that people are really invested and the way that we are tackling sci-fi is in a more feminine way it's a, a mother-daughter showrunner team it's a right. strong cast of uh, women-led characters and so i'd say in addition to it being sci-fi it's a whole new angle it's more like cry-fi yeah. Wow. I just, you I just, just did that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, Andy, before we uh, yeah, just run out of time here, I, I have to ask you, um, we're, we're coming up on Groundhog Day. You were part of uh, you know, the landmark movie Groundhog Day shot in Woodstock. What, what are some of your best memories uh, from that shoot? Oh, I have so many great memories. Um, it's a beautiful movie, but Harold Ramis it was the kindest man I've ever worked with. I, you know, I... Thanks to Tony Phil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, so, you 
know, it's too, it's too big of a question, but um, I'm, yeah, and I'm really proud of that movie. I think it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a classic, perfect movie. Before yeah. knowing you, I think I watched it a hundred times. Right, right. Uh-huh. We, we all have. It's one of those movies yeah. that when you see it on someplace, you stop what you're doing to, to uh, watch it. Uh, well, what you can I watch. It's so funny because it was just on last week. People still come up to me still all the time. I just watched Groundhog Day. I was at the at the grocery store. I just watched Groundhog Day. Yeah, no. yeah, it's great. It yeah, absolutely. It's one of our favorites. We'll be up there on uh, uh, yeah. Groundhog Day. We'll be out there with the live broadcast too. The Way Home, though, season two will be premiering Sunday, January twenty first, eight p.m. on the Hallmark Channel. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Really nice to talk to you. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you. So I want to shout out uh, some of our listeners. As we've pointed out many times, we have the greatest listeners here on Sunday morning. The best in the world. And maybe the nuttiest uh, also (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) All all in good fun. All in good fun, I hope. Yes. (laughs) I hope. Uh, Here's uh, 708 area code just on our text line. Will Dean make it for his first full show in months? <laughs> I was asking myself that same question. Usually the Hampton OB show would be on right now, starring mm-hmm. Andy Maser. You miss them today? I do. Just a little bit. You want Schwanny to yell at you a little bit? He has been in the newsroom. Okay. <laughs> oh, share with old class, Schwanny. You know, he told me he told me to just sit down and go in the corner. Right? Why don't you sit there? Do it <laughs> Would like, you please sit down? Do it like do it like Ob. <laughs> uh, well, you know, one one of the things I love about Ob is the way he can work himself up. He does like a like a parent oh. yelling at a child <laughs> totally that does. has been out all night, and you know, so it would be you know something like. You've said it time and time again. I've heard it last week, the week before, and at the beginning of the year, and you're still doing it. Sit down and be quiet. He would say shut up, though, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, he would. (laughs) Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I love that guy. I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, We've got a nice uh, card. (laughs) We've got a nice card from Houston, Texas. Oh, from um, somebody listening in Houston, Texas. Miss Carr, I believe. Is uh, it Maryland? It's from Mar- Maryland, is yeah. Uh, a great friend. I enjoy your Sunday radio show very much, and want to wish you a happy and healthy New Year. Uh, and she sent uh, she's uh, sent me some notes. She's a Taylor Swift fan, but that's very thoughtful. Yeah, she is. She's a uh, she's and... a devoted listener. I had the pleasure of meeting her oh. uh, several years ago. Oh, really? Here in Illinois? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with the listeners now. (laughs) Okay, Casanova. (laughs) Uh, Here's another uh, from a guy named Brian. Uh, Can't tell you guys how much you make my Sunday morning. It starts with coffee in the first 30 minutes where you're laughing out loud. (laughs) Then the next 45 to 60 uh, you are in my car with me as I take my wife to church in Schaumburg. Uh, I use the far-flung forecast on my students on Monday morning. Hey, 20, cool. you're, oh, you're now an educational that's tool. That's fantastic. 
You are an Thank edu- you so much for that. You are an educational. Wow. But did he mention compasses or protractors? <laughs> did not. Okay. I only focused on the word tool. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. And then, Okay, I'm going in the corner now. No, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, because uh, we got uh, something from a gentleman by the name of Mike. Uh, Dean, thanks for making us laugh on WGN. And he sent this book, Shwani, that you and I uh, definitely will enjoy, called Andy and Don, The Making of a Friendship and a Classic American TV Show about Andy Griffith oh, and, and yes. Don Knotts' personal relationship. How about that? That's cool. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for I mean, thank you for taking the time to write us an actual note. We love the emails. We love the texts. But, it, you know, when you, when you actually stop and send something, especially when it's gifts. We, yes. We love gifts. Yep. Uh, on the show. And, um, yeah, please uh, feel free to send whatever, <laughs> Send anything you want. <laughs> send whatever. As, as you learned last year, Shwani is now on his uh, tour of getting free stuff wherever he goes. <laughs> so if you can actually send him stuff and he doesn't have to go on vacation oh, to, even better. to do the scam, it's even better. <laughs> the warm spot you'll find today having a few laughs having some fun glad you're with us appreciate it as always i've got our food time uh, show coming up in just a few minutes uh, where we are also going to find some nice warm spots for you some good stick to your ribs perfect dishes to make on a cold cold day like today some of which i've already done on my TV cooking segment, uh, but I'll give you a little preview of what I'm planning for this coming Wednesday to keep you warm as well. Maybe you've got some suggestions of your favorite uh, comfort foods in cold weather. We'll get to all of that coming up in just a little while. What I wanted to get to right now was a replay of the conversation that we had earlier in the show with uh, weatherman Bill Snyder. He is uh, Tom Skilling's a weather producer, you hear Tom frequently talking about Bill, who really dug deep into telling us what we can expect weather-wise for today and the coming week. This is quite a blast of cold air. I mean, we, we're, we're used to, you know, cold air masses in winter in Chicago, but uh, this is the likes that we don't see every year. And as a matter of fact, um, we're currently sitting at minus 10 at O'Hare Field right now. Wind chill of minus 32, which is a dangerous breed of cold. Uh, some other temperatures, Dean, across the area right now. Bartlett, minus 12. Aurora, minus 13. DeKalb, minus 14. Morris, minus 12. Valparaiso, minus 9. Wind chills, I'm, I've looked across the network here, are as cold as minus 39 in Aurora, minus 39 in DeKalb. So, I mean, this is a this is a dangerous breed of cold. As a matter of fact, this uh, Dean, we haven't had... Temperatures this cold in about five years since the um, dreaded polar vortex back in on January 30th of 2019 when we had a bone-chilling high of 10 below and we had a, a low that morning of minus 23. So this, this is mean stuff, and, and we're not alone in it, Dean. We have uh, – there's 21 states across the country that extend all the way out to the, uh, the Rockies and uh, – um, northern plains from there and and points east all the way to uh, sections of pennsylvania so 21 states that are under some form of wind chill advisory or wind chill warning and as a matter of fact our area is currently under a wind chill warning and the wind chill warning is issued criteria wise when the wind chills get down to minus 30 and that's we're certainly in that territory right now so the wind chill warning 
will continue until about noon tomorrow. And when the wind chill warning expires, that doesn't mean, oh, everything's going to be great. Um, that will then be replaced by a wind chill advisory. And the wind chill advisory kicks in at noon tomorrow, and that will continue up until about 9 a.m. on Wednesday. So it's it's conceivable. The wind chills dropped below zero, Dean, yesterday late afternoon, and we may not have a wind chill factor that gets above zero, and, and that won't be uniform. That'll be just only across parts of the area. But that won't occur until probably sometime around six, seven, eight o'clock Wednesday evening. Oh, so wow. this is this is this this cold spell has some staying power, and you know it's it's uh, it's worth noting that you know if you have to go out or if you have to spend any you know people some you know have to walk to the bus or the train and so forth, and they don't they're not outside. But you want to make sure that you have every bit of exposed skin covered because in this type of this breed of cold, you can frostbite can occur in as little as ten minutes in these temperatures. So um, it's very, very dangerous. And, uh, you know, it's it's not unusual because, the, you know, as you mentioned, we had the snow, we had the slush, we had the slop. Well, you know, the snow cover, which wasn't very prevalent here much of uh, December and even into early January, it extends from, you know, as far south as central Illinois, and it goes all the way north into Canada and, north, you know, northwest territory. And, you know, snow cover is high, has a high albedo. It's highly reflective. So that 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 allows this this Arctic Express to just flow in here un, unabated, and that's that's what's happened. You know, it's typical. A lot of times in our you know classic winter patterns, you get you get a snowstorm, and then you know then you get a blast of cold that comes in behind it, and the two kind of you know go hand in hand with one another. How does this compare to what we might consider to be a normal Chicago winter? As you said, it's been so mild. I mean, I think we're so spoiled this year because of the oh, very, we are. very yeah, mild and, and, weather. But are are we are we uh, you know now are we sort of back to normal or is it even worse than what it might normally? Oh yeah, no. This is this is this is even you know. I mean, you know, I would say that you know Mother Nature's kind of evening out the scorecard, so to speak. It's this is this is that other shoe that we were waiting to drop, and uh, you know we had. It's interesting to note, Dean. You know, as you mentioned about how mild it was. From the start of meteorological or climatological winter, December 1st up through um, yesterday, you know that it was the third warmest start to winter here on record, and that goes back 153 years to 1871. So, you know, that's what makes this cold spell that we're in the midst of right now or we're just getting into even that much more uh, uh, pervasive because we're just we're just not accustomed to that kind of cold. We haven't had any cold, and uh, so it, it stings even more so than it would in a normal winter otherwise. So, um, yeah, it is it is unusual. Uh, we do get cold, obviously, but uh, you know it's not every year that you see temperatures get down this low. I mean, ten below zero is is not 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 that typical in every winter. I mean, you get. We typically get about a handful of uh, of days each winter where the temperature drops below zero, and um, we're certainly going to be below zero each and every day through uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah, and I guess we're not alone with all of this. We've heard uh, the, nope. the reports that uh, the Iowa caucuses are going to be yep. affected by uh, severe uh, weather. Uh, we had the right. uh, what was it the Buffalo Bills uh, is it Steelers game that was playoff game right got moved that, that got moved because postponed? of lake effect snow yeah that, in Buffalo right 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 oh yeah yeah, yeah that's that's a classic and and you know that's another factor too Dean because you know those areas and certainly Lake Erie uh, is being one of them but uh, the the lack of cold weather this winter and now that we're getting it um, there's very little ice on the lakes very little ice so that 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 allows the lake effect snow machine to kick on 
very easily when you don't have any uh, ice, you know, involved. So it's, yeah. that's that's another another factor that, in, is, in other parts of the country. Is that going to be an issue for us too? Because as I look out the window, no. I'm not seeing very much ice out there. But Bill, you know what? I got to text you some pictures that we took. Uh, there is yeah. steam coming off the river and the yep. lake that we yep. can see. Yep, that is stunning. Right. It's absolutely stunning right. to see it. Yeah, no, it is. It is, and that's 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 something that happens usually every winter when you get that first blast of cold air, and you have such a such a huge temperature contrast from you know what's going on above you, and then what's uh, compared to the temperature you know of the lake or the river. And you know, going into this Lake Michigan water temperature was was hovering near forty degrees. So you've got a you've got a probably a fifty to sixty degree difference between oh. the air temperature and the water temperature. So that's that's what's uh, what's causing this so called steam effect that's that's occurring off the lake and, and the river. I gotta send you this picture. So uh, when you guys yeah. when you guys oh, yeah. show those weather pictures you can go, Yeah our right. Buddy, hey, right. Our, hey our buddy Dean Richards sent this picture in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you know I know you know Except it, I know it, he's not gonna be, be there. And I I, I no. it, he is somewhere. He's probably on a beach right now, isn't he? Uh, he is, and you know, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it convenient that that uh, Skilling knows when to get out of town? Yeah. Because sure enough, it always he, happens. Uh, he, it, it does. Yeah. Either either we get blasted with cold, or we get a major storm when he's gone. <laughs> exactly. So here we here we are here we are shivering to death. Right. <laughs> yeah. Once again, you see if you see Tom at the airport. Hunker down. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Right. When, right. When Tom, <laughs> when Tom goes on vacation, which is uh, what, he, right, what he's right, doing exactly. right now. Oh yeah. So uh, we're expecting this now for the next few days. Um, right. Any? Uh, when? When do you think we're going to get some relief? And is it going to go back to being mild again, or, or are we going to be stuck yeah, in a cold so pattern that's, for it's, a while? It's interesting. It's in, no, it's interesting that you say that, Dean. Because yeah, see this. This cold spell is just is a is a brief interruption, and again, in what's otherwise been an extremely mild winter, we have a strong El Nino in place, and that is still ongoing. And this cold spell is, believe it or not, is related to a pool of warmth aloft, relative warmth, I should say, put that in quotations, but relatively warm air aloft over Greenland. And what's happened is that has forced the jet stream to buckle across North America and and sent the uh, lobe of Arctic air down here. So that's. You know, the two things tie hand in hand together. And the interesting thing is, is that we'll get some modest improvement. You know, it won't be quite, it's still going to be cold, but it won't be quite as brutal by the time we get towards Wednesday, Thursday, where we may see temperatures warm up to the upper teens, you know, compared to uh, double digits below zero. And uh, we might bring another little snow system in here on Thursday. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal, but with temperatures being this cold, you know, that could certainly cause some slick spots. It doesn't take a lot of snow to cause some, you know, issues on our roadways when uh, when it's this cold and road chemicals just don't respond as right. well as they right. do when temperatures are freezing. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a little blast of cold that comes in behind that snow, like, you know, towards Friday. So we may drop back down again to uh, a high of about 11 degrees or 12 degrees. But the good news is, and as you as you were asking about, is there any improvement? There is improvement, and it looks like about, oh, a week from today, a week from tomorrow, um, we get back into a westerly El Nino-type pattern where the jet stream bring, you know, flows off the mild Pacific Ocean. 
and uh, that that brings mild air, uh, you know, across the country. So I would think that by the time we get towards, you know, a week from tomorrow, temperatures could be back above freezing into the upper 30s, and, and not inconceivable, we get close to 40 degrees. So that's that's something to look forward to. But boy, we got some cold cold days to get through before that happens. When you said, uh, are, "When are we going to get the relief?" I thought you were going to say on the Fourth of July. Uh, you know, which... <laughs> no, no, it, it, it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. Okay, yeah, well, Thursday, Thursday's not so bad. Uh, Bill Snyder is uh, right. uh, as as people are now calling you on our text line. Bill, the weather guy. I like that for a, a little moniker for you. Bill, the weather guy, Bill Snyder, <laughs> right? Tom Skilling's weather producer over at uh, WG. One of the most knowledgeable and nicest people that I know. Appreciate the update, Bill, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, pal. Sounds good, Dean. Always good to talk to you. Everybody stay safe out there. There you go. One of the best guys there is, uh, Bill Snyder. We uh, had him on uh, live with us a little bit earlier in the show today, and I thought worth repeating uh, so we know what we can expect not only for today but for the next several days uh, where it's going to be pretty darn cold. So take all the necessary precautions. Keep somewhere in the back of your head that he did say we could be in the 40s uh, by the end of the week and uh, leading into next week. So uh, that'll be good. We will keep you posted either way, uh, whether it's here on our Sunday show or anytime on WGN. We've got all the resources of the WGN Weather Center. You can uh, download the app and have all the information right on your phone. Uh, And that way you can see the radar and you can, you know, you can be a junior Tom Skilling yourself. Uh, you know, in explaining the weather to to people. So that's the latest uh, with the weather. I want to find some ways to keep you warm. We'll do that with uh, our next segment, which will be our food time segment, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. Uh, we will be talking uh, warm weather foods today, comfort, warm weather, stick to your ribs uh, kind of foods. I've done several the last few weeks on our uh, TV uh, cooking segment that we do every Wednesday at 9.30 every morning. I'll tell you about those. I'll tell you a little bit about what I've got planned for this coming Wednesday. I'll tell you that right now, I'll, we'll tell you only this about what I'm going to do uh, for this coming Wednesday. It is National uh, Slow Cooker Month. I'm pretty sure Congress designated it as that. The um, uh, National Slow Cooker Month so I'm going to be doing something in my slow cooker, my crock pot, to be exact. It's my mom's old crock pot uh, to be, uh, you know, and I'm hoping that it doesn't catch fire. It is quite a few years old, but it's a good old reliable, you know, I, I think the brand is crock pot. Uh, I like it because it's oblong. It's not round. And, you know, I can get what I want in there. I'll tell you the full recipe in a minute. But here's what else I want. I want to open up my phone lines right now. It's been a while since we've had a food show because we've had so many uh, preemptions because of football. We've got a full show today. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to talk to you about cooking. And I want to know your favorite slow cooker recipes. What are the best things you do in a slow cooker? 312-981-7200. you do chili? Do you have a favorite chili recipe? I've done uh, beef stews. In uh, my slow cooker, uh, I've I've done uh, Easter ham in my slow cooker. I've done uh, I've roasted a chicken. It's not technically it's not roasting, uh, but it, it's sure is delicious. I've done pulled pork in my slow cooker, taking a shoulder of uh, pork 
and put it in there with uh, I forget all the exact spices right at the moment. But it's a you know it's not the same as when you put it on the smoker, you put it on the grill. But it, uh, on a day where it's below zero outside, and you feel like having some pulled pork, it's a pretty darn close uh, substitution. Throw it in the the slow cooker, the crock pot, and uh, let it go all day. And then you know tonight you've got your dinner all set for you. It's set it and forget it kind of mentality. So uh, let me get your slow cooker recipes three one two. 981-7200-312-981-7200. It's been a while since we've taken calls on our food show. See if I can even remember how to <laughs> how to do the uh, the phone lines. Uh, we'll get to all of that and more right after this. You have a favorite cold weather food? I've got a bunch of favorite Some, cold weather something foods. Something that like really hits the spot. You mentioned. I heard you mention chili. And and really, when you were talking about the, all of the things you've done in your crock pot, like your Easter ham or oh, yeah. roasted chicken, mm, sounds good. That's good no, stuff. a chili, a beef stew, mm. really, really does the trick for me. Sure. You like uh, tomato soup? Love tomato soup. Homemade. Tomato basil soup. Listen, it's delicious. This is what I made on TV the other day. I made tomato basil soup mm. using, also, I used uh, San Marzano tomatoes these are tomatoes from italy canned because you can't find good tomatoes this time of year fresh ones uh i put in the san marzano tomatoes i put in some cherry tomatoes because generally those are pretty flavorful yes they are uh the fresh basil but i also put in sun-dried tomatoes which are wow so nice intense flavor so you have a like a multi-flavored tomato basil soup i had like multi-levels of tomatoes uh, that I put in with uh, a little bit of half and half. You can put you can put you know cream if you want to, but half and half is just fine. Or you don't have that'll to put, thicken it up. You don't need any cream either way, but because all, all the tomatoes. And then I blend it all. I blend it all together so it, it gets creamy all by itself. I just put the half and half in just for a little like a kind of a velvety mouthfeel, and uh, cooked it up. The basil. I put a ton of basil in it. It's so good. So I've got this sun-dried tomato basil soup. Then I made some French onion grilled cheese sandwiches. Grilled cheese sandwiches on sourdough bread. I caramelized some onions. I put put a a base of the cheese. I put some caramelized onion, a little more cheese, put it on the grill, made a grilled cheese sandwich out of that. Got the French onion cheese sandwich with the tomato soup that's amazing that just sounds so good right now as my dad used to say and i have no idea why he would always say this good night good night irene Irene. (laughs) good night irene i have not heard that song forever we've been in preemption season make room for hamp and ob but we are clear for now for full shows for a while and happy to bring back Food Time, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. The award-winning All Things Edible program. And today, we're going to warm you up with some recipes here in this cold weather. Got some slow cooker recipes that I want to share with you. One I'm going to be doing on my TV cooking segment this coming Wednesday. But, uh, oh, we've done, I did that uh, tomato basil soup recipe the other day, a smash hit. 
Uh, man, did we get positive comments on that. It's just the richest, most delicious tomato uh, soup you will ever have. The tomato, the basil, the sun-dried tomatoes added into it uh, just really puts it over the top. And on a cold day, uh, nothing better. You want to get the recipes. I put all my recipes up uh, at WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. Or you can just drop me a note and we'll uh, you know send you a link. We'll, we'll make a copy of uh, something. But let's see what you're cooking out there. Let's start off with Mary. You're on WGN. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Don. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. How you doing? I'm very well. Um, enjoy, enjoy your show. My wife really likes your show. Thank you. Uh, Mary Lou, my wife. And uh, she made your ramen chicken casserole oh, yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was something to, that was so good. I can't tell you how how I enjoyed it so oh, much. Good. I'm glad you did. Um, and and for Mary, it was super easy to make. I'm telling you, that, that's... It it was a couple of packages of ramen soup mix, ramen chicken soup mix, a couple of cans of cream of chicken soup. Uh, what else do we put in? Oh, some uh, roasted chicken. You know, you can just get one. Of, you put some some peas and uh, yeah. corn in there. Yeah, um, yeah. excellent. Yeah, whatever vegetables I, I you want, it goes in there, and you put it in a casserole dish uh, for a little while. Some breadcrumbs on top. Uh, that's a perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect uh, cold weather dish. It was Thank it you. was really good. Thank you. I'm um, glad you liked it. Thank you. So, um, I, it, tomorrow's going to be our 47th birthday, and you're talking about slow cookers and crock pots. Yeah. I think I should buy you another crock pot for renovation. <laughs> 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 that thing's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Dean. Enjoy your enjoy your show. I appreciate uh, the the call. That was very nice of you. And give my best to. Uh, would you say Mary Lou? Yes. All right. Yeah. She may be. She may be listening. I hope so. All so, right. Well, uh, big uh, big hugs to her, and I appreciate you both listening. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Stay warm out there. This is Sharon. You're on WGN. Hello. Hi, Dean. Um, I have a slow cooker comfort food that would be perfect for today. Oh, I love it's it. It's a recipe that I've had in my arsenal for twenty plus years, and it's so darn simple. So it's got to um, be good. Now, the one word that's going to throw people is the word sauerkraut. And I know a lot of people thumb their nose. They're like, I don't like that. But this will make a lover out of people. Okay. So it's country ribs with sauerkraut. Oh, that so sounds fantastic. The, the pork loin country ribs, you know, they're not the ribs that you barbecue with. Right. You know, those are not, the, not the meatier. Bags. Right, yeah. Yep. And you go ahead on the stove and you brown those. You're not cooking them completely. Your salt, pepper brown those. In the meantime, in your crock pot, you four ingredients. You throw in um, sauerkraut, either a jar or I like the fresh pouch that you can find in the meat area. Yeah, or sometimes they're in the produce department too, but I know what you mean. Yep. Yep. And then three other things. You get your grater out and you grate a green apple, Mm. you grate an onion, Mm. and you grate one potato. Oh. And that's it. And it, it mellows the sauerkraut. And then you just place those sautéed uh, ribs on top of that. And yeah. four to six hours, it's amazing. So uh, and now any kind of, what kind of liquid are you putting in? Or is it just the liquid from the, sour, from the sauerkraut? Yeah, right, right. 
and probably, I mean, of course, the apple's going to give off some juice. The onion's going to give off some juice. So it, yep. it uh, cooks in its own juices. That, uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, and, what's and it is the amazing uh, dinner, and even my small children liked uh, this. Even they ju- I just couldn't, they couldn't watch me make it, because if they saw sauerkraut, right. they would have a preconceived idea. Right, right, right. So you just uh, salt and pepper the country ribs? That's all you, the seasoning? Very nicely, yeah, because that's your only seasoning. Okay. So, yeah, I pretty much liberally on that, or right. any kind of seasoning that you like. All right. That sounds absolutely amazing. I'm definitely going to try that because I've been, I've been wanting to do something with country ribs. I've been trying to think. I, it's not something that I make. Uh, you know, it's not part of my arsenal. But I think your recipe may make it that. It sounds really, really good. And I happen to and it lo- makes the, love, the house smell wonderful, right? That's part of the that's part of the extra goodness of doing the slow cooker. Your house smells amazing, pretty much, no matter what you cook in the the slow cooker. Right. Love it. I appreciate the recipe. Uh, I'm going to give Thank that you, a try, Dean. Sharon. Have a great day and stay warm today. Richie, how about you? What are you doing in your slow cooker? I've been doing this one for about 15 years. But before I start, I just want to say I'm glad you guys are back because I'm my way home from church. You guys make me laugh. You put me in a good mood. Then when oh. I get home, I'm making breakfast. I love listening to you guys, so I'm glad nice. you're back for the full show. Aren't you nice? I, I Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad Shawnee's not here to hear the compliments, because there, there'd be no living okay. with them. There'd be no living with them, honestly. I've been doing this one for about 15 years, and anybody that's ever been over when I do it, they just they love it. Okay. You know, uh, banana peppers, the ring peppers in a jar? Yeah, yeah. The mild. Get two, two bottles of that mild uh, banana pepper right. rings okay yeah, yeah it's the like the yellow it's, it's like the yellow right. peppers right but they're they're cut into yellow rings they're cut into rings don't ever don't ever do the hot okay. that that just doesn't work it ruins it okay all right so you put that in you go with uh, a couple of potatoes a couple of onions garlic uh now you use stewed meat you know any kind of beef meat cut up in chunks put right. that in okay uh for the liquid, I use chicken broth, you know, and season it the way you like it. You know, I use oregano, I use paprika, I use uh, 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 salt and pepper, yeah. and other stuff. So, and this is just wild. It's just that pepper, the pepper rings give it a, a taste that you've never had before. A tanginess, probably, right? But but also, it probably, like our previous caller just said, it mellows out a little bit once it's in the crock pot. I put it on medium, and I go for about four hours. You can go on high, and it's ready in about two and a half, three hours. Yeah, I think... Uh, One more tip for you. Yes, sir. Uh, when you barbecue, uh, you use the, the chips for the uh, barbecue, the wood chips and I, that. I have, yeah. Cut, cut up a, a red pepper with, when you're putting on the chips, put the red pepper, mix it together, and put that on it. It adds just enough flavor, especially with ribs and steaks. Now, what, are you saying like a red bell pepper or the, the crushed yes. red peppers? No, the, the the bell pepper, the regular, not uh, onion. I'm not talking pepper. I'm talking onion. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh okay. A red onion? A I red onion. Put a red onion on there. So what do I, like, cut it and, am I chopping it? Am I cutting it in half? What, I chop it up in little pieces and mix it with the wood chips. Mix it with the wood chips. So, when you move it, when you put it on the grill, I'm just telling you, it just gives it just a tinge of like a 
a pepper, a, a, a oniony a little, little flavor oniony, to the meat. Oniony, smoky onion kind of flavor, probably, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Those are some fantastic tips. I want to eat at your house, Rich. Thanks. Come on over. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> Stay warm today. What do we have here on our text line? Uh, Dean making 708 area code. Dean making beef stew today. Uh, I make it annually when it's this cold. And yes, I do include an entire bottle of red wine in it. Oh, that would be so fantastic in a beef stew. Are you kidding? Uh, but I would. Uh, this is what I put in my beef stew in the uh, slow cooker, in the crock pot. Uh, the beef, of course. Uh, I mean, you can use pretty much any kind of beef that you want. Don't buy expensive beef because you're cooking the heck out of it. You don't need a tender cut of beef in there. The, the, the beef stew chunks are great. Or if you just, you know, get a like a flank steak or uh, a pot roast that you can cut up yourself. Whatever's cheapest, that's what I put in because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it so it melts in your mouth anyway. The beef. Uh, potatoes. I put onions. I put carrots. Uh, some red wine is a fantastic idea. I put uh, a little. I, I uh, saute the beef first to give a little browning, and I throw a little flour in there as well because that'll thicken the gravy when it's a little bit uh, later on. But uh, yeah, I love this. I love the uh, oh a beef stock. Of course, uh, you know goes into it, but. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the whole deal, and an entire bottle of wine. I don't think I've put an entire bottle. Are you sure that part of it didn't go in the crock pot and part of it didn't go in the shop? Twelve fifty one. The return of Dean Richards Food Time, the Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. I'm going to be doing a slow cooker meatloaf on my TV cooking segment this coming Wednesday. It is a uh, Italian Parmesan meatloaf, and it's all done in the slow cooker. Uh, I, I'm going to show you how to layer in some uh, strips of foil under the meatloaf so you can easily lift it out without wrecking it, without it falling apart. Uh, but the ingredients, are, it's, it's very much like, uh, it's almost like a giant Italian meatball, really. Uh, but I cook it in the crock pot. Uh, I've got some tomato sauce and, you know, some traditional things. I love onion and gar- uh, green pepper in my meatloaf, so that's going to be part of it. But some Parmesan cheese is uh, part of the mix as well. It's all this coming Wednesday. I cook uh, every Wednesday at 935, and I hope that you can watch that. Uh, 312-981-7200. you have a slow cooker recipe you want to share with me? Love to hear it. 312 312- Nine eight one seven two zero zero. Here's the six three zero area code telling me to add a can of chickpeas to my uh, beef stew. That sounds really fantastic. Actually, uh, it says Dean, add to your beef stew one can of chickpeas drained. It's a delicious stew that I just made yesterday. That sounds. You could almost skip the beef if you're putting the the chickpeas in. That would be delicious with all the vegetables. Um, 312 area code. I'm from Maine, and I'm making some good old Boston baked beans today. Legit baked beans. That sounds fantastic. 815 area code. Kraut and ribs and layers of onions in the crock pot. That sounds great. 
847 uh, Dean Jewel has prepackaged ingredients for crock pots. I've seen those. I've used those. Super, super handy. And this person uh, says that they're pretty good. I could not agree with you more. Uh, 312-981-7200. And Mike, what do you have for us? Hey, Dean. How you doing? Hey, buddy. And uh, what I like to make is uh, pork carnitas, pork shoulder. Oh, yeah. And uh, I hope uh, what happened to me like five, six years ago is my mom's crock pot died. So I stepped up into an instant pot. Oh, fancy, fancy pants. Now, you, now you, you ever tried an instant pot? I, I have one, and I okay. use it. I use it both as a pressure cooker and as a slow cooker. I do all the time. There you go. So for the pork shoulder, it only takes about an hour for that thing to pressure cook and get done. Yeah. So what I do with that is debone it, take it out. Uh, I use chicken stock in there, onions, uh, cilantro, and just let that go on pressure. Take it out, put it on a cookie sheet, separate, you know, break it up, stick it underneath the broil so you get that nice char. Right. Which you can also and, you can also do that in the uh, instant pot. Uh, you can on the right. on the sauté setting. You can do everything in one pot. Yeah, you can sear. Yeah, yeah you can sear. But I like to get that nice crisp a little char. I got you right. Yeah. Yep. So I stick it on a cookie sheet and uh, you know wrap up some tacos and whatever you got left over. You can always make some green chili with that yep. pork. Nice. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Now, uh, how long did you say you left it? You did it as. A pressure cooker, right? You said in what, an hour? Yeah, an hour. You can do a five-pound pork shoulder in an hour, and it's done. I mean, it's you pull the bone right off the meat. Yeah, that's it, it's, so, I mean, it's truly amazing. And then you can just leave it slow cook, you know, in the broth. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just throw on some picket de gallo and, uh, and wrap it up in a flour shell or corn shell yeah, or whatever. shred that up a little bit with a couple of forks, shred it up, and uh, go to town. Exactly. You know what? I wanted to hate the Instant Pot. When it first came out, I wanted to hate yep. it. Uh, <clears throat> it's like, I don't want any more gadgets. I don't want any more. Right. Oh, this junk is, you know, clogging up my pantry. And then I got right. one, and, 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 and I actually, love it. I use it all the time now. I know. I know. You can do rice in it. You can do a lot of stuff in there. Yep. You know? So, I mean, it's perfect. Just, uh, you know, I, I don't wish your mom's to- slow cooker would die, but, you know, <laughs> use your Instant Pot more, Dean. Part of me, well, on, to be, if I'm going to be completely honest, mostly I use the Instant Pot because I'm right? honestly, I'm afraid I'm going to burn the house down with this. This crock pot that's my mom's has to be. I understand. Probably an old 40, being made in Chicago, huh? 40, 50 years old easily. And I, I just, yeah. is it worth it? To risk burning my house down for a you know, for a you crock pot full of chili. The Instapot, you don't have to. Yeah, it's set it and forget it. No. You know what? I felt the same way about uh, air fryers. Do you have one of those? You know, I don't enjoy it as much. I got a convection oven, convection oven. Yeah, and it's kind of like an air fryer, right? So, you know. I want. Eh, I wanted to hate just an air gadget. I don't need. Yeah, I wanted to hate my air fryer also. And right. uh, I tried it out, and I was like, I love this. I, l- I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that I can, like, cook 
Brussels sprouts in like you know five minutes. Oh, absolutely! And they're crispy and moist and yeah, it's like it's like me and my dehydrator. I make beef oh, jerky. I you know that. I dry up all my uh, if I got cilantro fresh that's going bad. I'll you know I'll stick it right in there and dry it up. Dry it up, yeah. So you so you can uh, yeah, use exactly. it. Uh, dehydrators look, are the look way us, to go. Look at us. You need that gadget. Look at us guys talking about gadgets here. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, my friend. Mike, hey, stay thanks, warm out there. Too. Be careful. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, here's one from the 708. Dean Armariano's had hams after Christmas for 99 cents a pound. Wow, that's a good price. Uh, I tried mine in the crock pot for the first time. The glaze was good, but I would do a shorter cooking time. Yeah, you can't, you don't, you don't need to overcook the hams. Really, all you're doing is rewarming them, whether you're doing them in an oven or crock pot or uh, anyplace else. They're cooked already. So, really, you're just rewarming them up. And then I took the ham bone and made split pea soup, it says here in the crock pot. So yummy. Memories from walking home from school on a cold winter day to a steaming cup of my grandma's homemade pea soup. With you a thousand percent on that. I have never, I don't think I've ever made a ham where split pea soup didn't follow, where I made the soup. Uh, I've done it in my Instapot. I've done it on the stove in a Dutch oven. Uh, but I always take, I always save a little ham on the side and there's always ham on the bone. Uh, and it just adds so much flavor uh, to it all. I, I love that too. So anyway, we put all of these recipes online. Uh, at WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. And this coming Wednesday, as I said, uh, I'm going to be doing a slow cooker meatloaf. Slow cooker meatloaf. That's a good one on a cold day. Nice couple of slices of meatloaf to warm your ribs up. This coming Wednesday on uh, our WGN TV morning news. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be recapping the Critics' Choice Awards, which are tonight. And then uh, on Tuesday morning, I'm going to be recapping the Emmy Awards, which are on Monday night. We've got two award shows back-to-back this week, and we've got lots of good A-list interviews. Always lots of fun on our WGN-TV morning news. And, of course, Monday through Friday, 8 to 8.30 on Bob Surratt Show. We always have a lot of fun talking entertainment.